Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. And live we are. And we are so into Merry Christmas this morning. My dogs and I, we ate dinner really late last night because I was over at my son's house. We were opening Christmas presents, so I got home at about 9.30, quarter to 10, and they hadn't had dinner yet. So I quick set them dinner, and Jakey's still out there sleeping through the night. I mean, here it is, 9.15, and he's sleeping through the night. But this morning when I woke up at about 7.15, 7.30, the sun was actually attempting to peep through the clouds. We've had rain for four straight days, and we are in our fifth day, and it is so exciting because of the fact that when do we have rain at Christmas time? Why is all across the country having rain at this time? Who could be controlling the weather when we just got a a report just this last um oh, within the last 10 days, with the fear-mongering that we're going into a 100-year drought, that the country, this nation, Turtle Island, was in a 100-year drought, and that's why no one lived here. And, uh, you know, they think of the greatest stories, because we've had 100-year floods, 100-year monsoons, 100-year, why is it always 100 years? So. Um, you know, it's just more of the craziness that's going on. But we were talking, um, I was bringing up the point that one of our um, writers and listeners uh, brought out the point of the mammogram. And I'll send it out because it was so much about the way I feel about mammograms. You guys, even guys, though, are having to take mammograms, and they've had breasts removed because of the, hormonal stuff in our food and uh but they, this guy a doctor finally came out with these are so the radiation they do damage to make the cancer spread they then they give all this chemotherapy which makes certain that they make a lot of money and the patient dies hello where is that with the um the hippocratic oath and so uh, it, it behooves us, hopefully, none of our women, we're, we're beyond that stage, <laughs> to uh, have mammograms because those are deadly to us. And, so, and that's true of all these little tests they give. If you're doing the right thing, eating the right food, you're going to be feeling a lot better. I even changed my water. Do you know I was doing restructured water? And my restructured water in the beginning made the water taste different. In the last two or three months, I've been getting really tired. I've really felt fatigue. And I made it through school. I got my studies done and stuff, but I was tired. I couldn't do an extra thing. So within the last week, 
I totally switched off a faucet water and I'm drinking distilled water. My fatigue is over. I am not over, but I mean, I, I have a lot more energy. I am, I am not constipated. And the food, I'm, not, I'm getting less sugar craving. So what am I saying? There's something wrong with our water. Here, Dr. Logic says, one important thing to bring up is the fact that all their chemo treatments do absolutely nothing to kill the cancer themselves. Amen. Correct. Which is why the cancer always comes back, because the chemo can only affect the daughter cells. And that makes total sense, because if they used oxygen, it would kill the cancer. They do not use oxygen. If you, a COPD patients do not get cancer. They have a lung problem, but they do not get cancer. Oxygen kills cancer. They do not want that because, as the, the article said, it would stop their re- recurring income. And that is all it's about. It's about the money. And that's so sickening that it's, and how many, how many innocent people have died because they only obeyed what the doctor said. Only obeyed what the doctor said. These guys, darn dogs, has got to know what they're doing, don't they? I mean, they're supposed they to be some of the smartest people on the planet. But I, I said to these, some of these uh, kids at Wofford, I said, this one kid, really nice, a real sweet gentleman, and young gentleman. And I said, if they told you to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge because it's for the cause of science, would you do it? He said, well, no. Then start looking at your medical thing and think of it as a Brooklyn Bridge. Because that's oh, exactly very good. Very good. That's exactly what they're doing. To me, that's exactly what they're doing. But then that's my opinion. But uh, it's, it's phenomenal what, what goes on around us. So what else is happening in people's wonderful lives now that it's Christmas? Da-da-da! Okay, I don't know. Yeah. You were good? What did you do? Okay. Lisa came by yesterday and gave me my Christmas present. Uh-huh. And, uh, I didn't open them yesterday. Good. But uh, I had to get up for that, you know, for that little call because I forgot to. And it was uh-huh. 10 minutes after 12. So I looked at it and said, well, it's Christmas. So I opened it with 10 minutes after 12. <laughs> <laughs> and? It was a prescription? No. <laughs> well, I opened my present. He said he opened it 10 minutes after, after Christmas. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nothing about a prescription. <laughs> what did you get? Some uh, DVDs. All right. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Yep. What kind of DVDs did you get? History Channel DVDs. Oh, Oh. History Channel stuff. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. 
cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I ordered something last week, and they sent me an email and said it would probably take two weeks for me to get it. And uh, I called up UPS to see if my stuff had come, and they uh, checked. Well, you've got two boxes here. One's from Illinois and um, Deerfield or something. I go, the wire's in, yay! And they said, this other one's a fulfillment center. And I go, I don't know what that is. I didn't order anything else. It's this wonderful drink I ordered. Listen to this. 100% non-GMO, all-in-one protein and greens. Now, the protein is not the protein powder that you get in all that other stuff. It's made from peas the protein of peas and some uh, rice. So 20 grams of protein, 12 different organic fruits and vegetables, plus um, plus something. There's a little word there, and it's got color over it. I can't read it well. Plus antioxidants, probiotics, and digestive enzymes. No dairy, no soy, no gluten, dietary supplements. And what it has, it's just this huge jug, and it is. And they started it purely because the the husband and wife got stuck in a snowstorm, and he had all his survival food and everything like that. You're going to slide down there. Huh? Um, it um, had all his survival food, and he was eating the survival food, and he was feeling worse and, and worse and worse. And his wife was kind of like bouncing around and feeling good and stuff like that. And she was eating the survival food, too. And he couldn't figure out why he was like, I'm so tired and I want to just sleep. And the snow had had gotten up to three-fourths of the height of his front door. I mean, they showed pictures of it. And they were just you know, surviving through it. They couldn't even help their neighbors and stuff until they were able to dig a tunnel almost probably. And they got, um, uh, and he finally asked his wife, he said, why are you feeling so good and I am feeling so miserable? She said, I take my little green drink before I eat that stuff. You see that I like this stuff. And, and he said it tasted awful. It had no real flavor to it. And he said the biggest thing they never, didn't have in any of the survival food he was dealing, he didn't name what it was, the survival food was protein. And so he looked at this and he found a, another doctor is the story. And the two of them, I mean, the doctor was taking the little green drink that his wife was taking. But there were still ingredients in there they didn't like. And uh, I found that I am just too lazy to buy all this stuff and do all the grinding and stuff like that. I mean, I'm just really not that gung-ho. And I don't like to cook to begin with, so fixing things is not my forte. So what this uh, they did is they searched all the different kinds of protein drinks and found so many undesirable things in it, just like Emily's been telling us. There's so much stuff in them that is not really good. The, the protein is not a healthy protein, et cetera. And, and then there's other minerals and stuff. Well, this is just fruits and vegetables, 
and and the protein is made from a vegetable. So I'm going to try it, and I'll give you my feedback on it because I'm feeling so much better not drinking my restructured water, which is from the tap, and it supposedly gets rid of everything and makes you, you know, drink, have the water really go into all your system. Well, it may be going into all your system, but is the water good? And uh, Kathy, one of my gals here, she's the manager of the property. She said that you never get rid of the fluoride. You have to have extensive, extensive filtration thing to remove any fluoride. Okay, Patricia? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. That Berkey water filter elements I'm using in my filter? Uh Uh-huh. They do everything except fluoride. Correct. We don't have fluoride here, plus the fact that we're on well water. Oh, great. Each each housing tract has its own wells. Wow. That's part of the the Nevada law. If you build a housing area, you have to uh, secure water rights for uh, each house in that uh, area. Wow. Wow. uh, So the... uh, uh, They do it, but... uh, Berkey knows this, and when they built their filters, there's a, there's, a, there's a piece that comes out of the filter that goes through the hole in the bottom of the, of the top of the filter chamber, and there's uh-huh. a wheel and a nut, a wing nut that you tighten down. Uh-huh. And on that thread, they make a white filter that screws on to that threaded area, and after the water goes through the black filter, it goes through the white uh, filter, and the uh, uh, the uh, filters, the fluoride filters, are only good for about 1,500 gallons of water, and you have to change them. And they have to be. And of course, I have a suspicion that uh, if the uh, trash people knew that the uh, saturated filters were being disposed of in their trash, they wouldn't pick you up, pick up your trash because of the fluoride concentration in the filter. Yeah, fluoride's a poison. Yeah, I know, but it's a, uh, but the, uh, you, you know, they've covered it. So, you know, yep. if you, when you have the Berkey filters, if you have those, you have, they, uh, you know, they have the white filter that they add to the uh, filter itself. I got you, yeah. It's interesting. I'm trying to wow. picture Wonder Anne riding her moped home with a five-gallon jug of reverse osmosis water. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, what I'm going to be looking for is actually a distiller uh, that's practical and functional and works because I'm I'm able to get the gallons for a dollar, which is practical, but that's $30 for an everyday gallon for a month that I could be putting towards a filter, for towards a real distiller. Yep. In, in 10 oh, wow. months, I'd be able to pay for it. Yeah. Pat? Yeah. Okay. I've sent uh, your package is ready, the uh, envelope with your catalogs. Oh, yeah. It's ready. I've, uh, I had car pro- I had uh, car problems here last week. It's a truck. It's a truck. It's not a car. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> but I've had it. But, you know, 
What but happened? The, uh, you know, the uh, one of the one of the catalogs is the uh, uh, home science tools. Oh, um, okay. Okay. And uh, I don't know. You're gonna. Uh, we'll have to look. We're gonna have to look for a, a, a countertop distiller for your drinking water. Yeah. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I can't tell you what a difference it's making in how I feel, though. Because what I else do feel can you distill better. with a distiller? Well, they have some that do 500, 1,000 gallons, and I don't need that much. But it is, um, we have someone from East Michigan on. But it, it is valuable to have better water because right. the water today is, is really crazy. Horrible. Yep. So, so uh, uh, we'll do that. That's that's a great uh, solution. What did anybody hear with uh, Drake? What did he have to say? I didn't get on to him because he was um, Wednesday. I can't yeah. stand the music. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, Dr. Aiden was on. Oh, good. How's he feeling? Yeah. He's doing fine. Uh, he's good. as ornery as ever. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, there, was, there were two other guests. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Gra- uh, Grammy J? Oh, yeah. How's Grammy? She, yeah, she's doing fine. And there was another one there that uh, I don't recall right off, but... Uh, you know, she's been having problems and such, you know, things there. But uh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the part of it. She was in the third hour. Oh, okay. You know, she was having you know, problems there. Did we doze off? I doze off in the third hour, too, sometimes. <laughs> well, that's why I have to listen to it I on a different day. That's all. You know. Yeah. You're what? I just don't remember it. Uh, I no, too. someone asked me a specific question. Yeah. But it was a right. good call. It really was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. The, uh, the one thing with me, when I was in the Army Reserve, uh, I had to take an MOS test. You know, that's after I finished the school and everything they sent me to. And I passed it. What's it stand for? Huh? What does MOS stand for? Military Occupational Specialty. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I had, uh, there was a section of it that you don't have to take it. But if you do take it, and you get something wrong, it won't be deducted from you. And it was just, they were using up supplies of the previously used test. Because the new one had been issued. And this part had been omitted from the new test. So I passed, you know, I said, I had the time. You know, I, I went through the thing real fast and had felt good about it. And I came to this section and said, okay, I went ahead and did it. I got every one of those questions right, and I had never been to Vietnam. It was on booby traps. Oh, wow. And when I was there, I talked to the people who, who would talk about it, and I listened. And one of the things I, you know, that they talked about was booby traps. Mm. And as soon as I saw the question, 
and then I started to check the answers. I knew which which what which which one of the answers was right, because this was a multiple choice test. Wow. And I got every one of them right. Wow. And I'd never been to Vietnam, and had never had a booby trap course. It was just Except talking to in people. a past life. <laughs> I was very much alive during Vietnam. I mean, in a past life, maybe you got blown up and you okay. were smart enough to remember Ooh. it. Oh. Well, oh. the thing is, he has a Ooh. fabulous hey. memory. Okay, okay. The Viet Cong booby traps were unique. Oh. We had, we had never seen booby traps like that until we had Vietnam. Oh. Okay. Now, a friend of mine was in the Navy, but because they considered him such a screw-up <laughs> that they put him on the Riverine Squadrons, who patrolled the Mekong What's Delta. What's that? They're, they're What's the they, they called them the, river, the Riverine Squadrons, because they, they didn't do the ocean, they did the rivers. And oh, the Mekong Delta is bigger than rivers. the Mississippi River. Yeah. Um, they, and so he was in the armed patrol boats. In fact, he had three of them blown out from under it. He was the only survivor in every case. Oh, but uh, wow. when uh, after he uh, left Vietnam, he transferred directly to the Sixth Fleet in the Mediterranean. And because uh, he didn't want to go home, because well, that was a sad, you know, sad thing where it got his wife. His wife was killed in Vietnam. He was a nurse who was captured. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. after he was discharged from the Navy, he stayed in the area, and he had he made a friend in Israel. His friend was pretty high up in the government at the time, and so he was staying at the kibbutz where his friend lived, which was up under the the Golan Heights. And he was there when the 1973 war started, <laughs> and. Uh, he was there, and it was—it was actually quite—it uh, was quite hilarious. Okay. He was just out of combat. He was—he'd he'd been out of combat for four months, and all his instincts were active. Mm-hmm. And he woke up Sorry. at uh, two o'clock in the morning. If something was—he felt something was wrong. And so he got up, and he was worn. You know, he was kind of wandered, took a walk, and he was wandering around. And he heard something, so he took cover. And he saw, it was a soldier, obviously. He didn't know. And he saw the guy was was kind of sneaky coming in. Well, he was unarmed. But anyway, they were doing construction on there, so he picked up the equivalent of a two-by-four, snuck up on the guy, and bonged him over the head. And he was out. So I picked him up, put him on, you know, like a fireman's carry. Went to the his friend's house, knocked on the door. This was about two to two fifteen, and uh, he woke everybody up. And, uh, he said, "I found this guy wandering around. What do I do with him?" And uh, the guy looked at him and says, "Oh, he's a Syrian soldier. Let him go." Said, okay. Huh? So he went walking down the sidewalk with this guy over his shoulder. He's going to take, put him back where he found him. <laughs> and suddenly the lights came on 
in the house behind him. He says, wait a minute, come back here. What do you got there? And uh, all lights suddenly started coming out, coming on all over the kibbutz. And 20 minutes later, the war started. Oh, my Lord. The guy was a Syrian commando. And while Dwayne was there, he was cut off behind enemy lines. The kibbutz was under siege for three weeks. And uh, he taught them all kinds of things about booby traps that they'd never heard of. All he did was adjust them because they had different materials to work with. But Dwayne was an expert on booby traps. Wow. He saved a lot of lives. <laughs> and with... <clears throat> And when he, uh, uh, when the, the kibbutz was relieved by the IDF in the counteroffensive, uh, this was a diplomatic problem for the State Department because an American citizen was right in the middle of the war zone. Oh, wow. And uh, so anyway, he was evacuated and... Uh, he was he was sent down to Tel Aviv, and while he was there, uh, he he got a visit from Golda Meir, who was the prime minister at the time. Mm-hmm. And he got thirty minutes alone with Golda Meir, and when she came out, when she came out of it, she talked to her, told her chief bodyguard, "I want two men to escort him to Ben Gurion Airport, put him on the plane, and." Stay there until they see can't see the plane anymore. I guess she had enough back. of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. She liked him. He was saving his life. No, yeah. yeah. We said, we said, I don't want it. I don't want to see that son of a bitch back in Israel again because this is a major diplomatic problem for us. That he was up there and had and took fight to you know. Took, took part in the fighting because he was very enthusiastic about it. <laughs> oh, they so shouldn't have been, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and when he when he arrived in Tel Aviv after being evacuated, he still had the AK-47. He took off a Syrian soldier. Oh, wow. Okay. Did he get to bring that home with him? No, he wasn't that lucky. <laughs> but down the road... And after he was, you know, was here, uh, he got a visit from the. Uh, it was a, it was a, came with a letter. It was a visit. It was a uh, the uh, military attaché from the consulate in uh, San Francisco, and he got a visit. And his friend obtained for him one of the uh, in the part, last part of that war. Uh, the IDF was approaching uh, uh, Cairo, and they they were in a position to take Cairo. And Egypt didn't have any troops left, and they didn't have you know. So they called up all their reserves, but the only thing they had to arm them with was the rifle that they were issuing in the 1950s. And they issued them out, and of course the IDF captured them all. Well. He was given by the Israeli government one of these rifles. And I have it now. Oh, wow. 
I've had it for quite for a long, long time. Does it but still no, function? Oh, it's perfectly functional. I guarantee it. And you keep it well. You don't, well, well. You, you don't. You don't want to be my target. <laughs> you don't you really have to don't. tell him to keep it oiled. I think he oils them every day. He keeps them in shape. What you say? You know, he was to keep it oiled, and, and I said, yeah. "You do oil them, don't you?" Yes, you do. Oh, yeah, you got to oil them. The weather we're having right now, you oil it with the special oil. Oh, so you're having a lot of It maintains its viscosity down to minus yeah. fifty degrees. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Does the does the temperature <clears throat> make the bullets go different? Yes, it does. Oh, oh I didn't know fast. that. Yeah, they don't go as fast because the temperature of the powder is uh, lower than lower than standard. That's wow! Right. Just, just like if you're firing it when it's 110 degrees, uh-huh. it goes faster because of higher pressure because of a higher temperature on the cartridge. Well, you know, I notice in the winter time when it gets cold here that the airplanes sound different. I can hear yeah. a difference because of the cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can understand that. Wow. Okay. We had a guy here. He, he he saved for 15 years for a hunting trip to Alaska. Oh. You know, he acquired his equipment over that 15 years. He had this rifle. It was a beautiful rifle. It really was. Really nicely put together, custom job. Really accurate. So uh, six months before the uh, the hunt was supposed to start, he had a uh, he had developed a hand load for that thing that was just so 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 accurate, so tight. The groups were so small. And uh, so just before the he was supposed to leave for Alaska, he took it out to the range, you know, to check the zero on it. Fired one round and had to cancel the trip to Alaska because the rifle failed. Okay, he developed the load in the winter time when it was cold and it was perfect. Um, but he was in the process uh, when he test fired it for the last time. He was in uh, it was 104 degrees. And the temperature difference for the ambient temperature was enough to raise the pressure to where the gun did not blow up. But it was just like the bolt, the receiver, and the barrel had been welded together with a brazing torch. Wow. Has something like that ever killed somebody, Colin? Oh, yes. I would imagine. Oh, wow. You've got to take my gun. One of my gunsmiths, who died uh, 15 years ago, okay, he had a 222 Remington uh, target rifle that he built in the 50s, and the thing was so accurate that he didn't even blew it. He was afraid he might screw it up, but if the temperature got over 70 degrees, the load developed dangerous pressures, so you had to watch the temperature with it. He used it all that time as a cold weather rifle. But uh, that one load in the cold weather at 100 yards 
shot one quarter of an inch groups, which was just uh, just bigger than the bullet diameter. It was one whole group. He could put 10 rounds into a single hole. But if it was 70 degrees, it was a dangerous load. Okay? You had to watch the temperature. This is why I did all my load development in the summer when it's 100 degrees. So, so in essence, you can be affected by how your temperature is. So if everybody's weapons are geared for a certain weather condition or timing, mm-hmm. yep. they could stop everything. Now, my question is, if you load them when it's warm outside and then you go and do the opposite, you go to where it's really cold and shoot them, is it just the opposite? Is there a better chance that nothing bad will happen in the cold like it would if you did it the other? No, because the the pressure drops. So in the cold, you'd be okay. So all you got to do is load your bullets in the heat. Those loads I described temperature sensitive. Some powders you gotta be real careful with. You have to make sure you mark everything because they're very temperature sensitive. But the people who use them know this. Mm. And so, you know, <clears throat> they'll they'll use those sensitive powders, you know, for the colder climates, colder temperatures, but they will mark the loads not to be used in the hot weather. Huh. Okay? Huh. It's just something you learn. But you see, the Russians, Russian military, still uses a corrosive primer, in spite of all the rest of the world using non-corrosive primers. Why? All their military contracts are corrosive. It's for a reason. <clears throat> they inherited from from the from the uh, Imperial Russia a primer formula that had been developed for use. In Russia, and they and that refined is very it. Very cold. Yes, and they refined it. Oh wow! And their primers, this corrosive priming uh, composition, has an extreme stability and a very long shelf life. And the pressure case, the pressure curves. All right, you have a flat line. You fire the cartridge, and the gauge will measure the peak of the maximum pressure. It'll just be like a mountain, and it'll drop back down. Okay. The uh, this particular primer has a uh, pressure curve of it. It goes up, it rises, not as much, then it flattens off, and then it drops. That's the difference in the curve. And this primer maintains that pressure curve from minus 50 degrees to plus 130 degrees. Oh, wow. There's no variation. That's why they still use it for that reason. And it also produces a very accurate cartridge. But they, well, 
This is why this is it wasn't great, reason I uh, liked military lesson. Yeah. One? Yeah. This is one of the reasons I like Russian ammunition. And I have, for one of my rifles, I have one there. There was a mistake done. The, uh, the English name of the company that makes it is Low Voltage Equipment Company. Low Voltage? And low mm-hmm. Voltage. One of the things they make is uh, electrical components for the military. Okay. Or, you know, made for Siberia. Yes, okay. That makes and, sense. And uh, the, uh, they make ammunition, too. And their arsenal code is 188. And ammunition with the head stamp of 188 on it is a... Uh, uh, has been proven to be very, you know, very finely made and things. So they were doing a commercial contract for Wolf Ammunition, which is an export company. They export to the world under the brand name of the Wolf. Their trademark is a Wolf. Siberia's got a lot of them. And uh, <clears throat> they were starting to run out of cases. Now, you, when you're manufacturing ammunition, if you change one component, you just, you know one, one one component in that particular load stops that you're running short of. You start watching that line, and when you run out of what the first component you run out of, you stop the line, put a space into it, move it down, put a space into it, and you start another lot because you changed something. Well, they were starting to run low on cases, so. Well, they, you know, a couple of the guys got forklifts and went and got some cases. They brought them over there. They finished what they were doing. They stopped the line, spaced it. Then a lot of the, the inspectors determined the lot number, and they started a new lot because they changed the case, which was, you know, a prime case. Well, they screwed up because they got the wrong cases. They got the cases for a military contract which was corrosive. And they were doing it, and then uh, and one, another inspector came along, and he was looking at it, you know, all this good stuff. To, and he saw the, the, the big big containers they had of the case, you know, the case that they brought in. And he said, where are you using these cases? Where And where are you using them? We're using them right here, sir. And he looked at it, no, 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 no. Stop the line, stop the line. So they did. They cleared the, they cleared the line of it. And they, you know, signed a lot number to that case. And you got the cases for one of our military contracts. This is supposed to be a commercial contract. So they went ahead, they isolated isolated it and, uh, you know, put it in boxes. They packed it up and they sold it. And a company here called uh, Clearview Investment purchased it. They knew it was corrosive. They also had purchased the same contract, you know, same thing, but non-corrosive. And I was able to purchase 3,000 rounds of that for $167.29 per thousand. And they sold it out in three weeks. And they put in the ad exactly what happened there and people bought it anyway because the uh, 
the non-corrosive form of that you know, of that ammunition sold for $235 per thousand. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? And all you do is you clean the gun with water. You clean out the bore with, uh, with wet patches or you pour hot run hot water through the bore. That's all it is. That's the only thing you do. But it is so consistent from temperatures from minus 50 to plus 130. Oh, wow. Okay. But those of us who bought it know it. And it was made in 2000. It wasn't made back in 1950s or 1940s. So it's still new stable. We need to move on because we've lost a lot of our people, Colin, because they think they they aren't into the military. Well, but you know, this is the thing. You know, temperature affects things. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, I do have a question. Yes? Didn't Drake say that right now, or I heard it or somewhere, that right now Russia has a fleet of boats, or ships, excuse me, and that mm-hmm. they are escorting something from, I forget where they dug oh, yes. it up. Yes, yes. They picked, Talk they about picked that. They picked it up in Saudi Arabia. Tell us what it is. Yes, it's a relic that has been stored there at a shrine on the outskirts of Mecca. And it's the uh, hoard of uh, something of Gabriel, the Ark of Gabriel. Yes. Uh-huh. And, it, and Yeah. They had a research ship pick it up. Well, put it this way. Remember when that crane fell over in Mecca and killed those people? That was no. when they were, yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, what happened was they found that thing because they lost, you know, they'd lost they track digging. of it. When they, they were doing construction. And... Uh, it uh, went off, and the crane was knocked over. The people were killed. Then, two weeks later, when they were they were trying to remove it, that's what they were trying to do, and they triggered it. Then, two weeks later, they tried they tried to move it again, and it fired again. Hmm. And that's what those all those people died in that stampede. They were panic stricken, and they were trying to run away from it. I think it's well, why were they allowing them back in there each time? Well, you know, they didn't they didn't know about it. They didn't know, they what, didn't it know what it was. Really? Oh, they, okay. So the Russians dispatched a research ship to pick it up, as well as armed escorts, modern missiles oh. missile destroyers and cruisers uh-huh. to make sure nobody hijacks it. Because I believe it's a yeah. weapon. And it was left here by uh, one of our friends from the either extra-dimensional or extraterrestrial. It was an abandoned piece of technology. But it's they thousands of years act- old. When they tried to move it the first, those first two times, they inadvertently activated it. So it's been there so, for many thousands of years, and it still works. So they're, it's being moved for some reason down to Antarctica. Oh, interesting. What a Russian station down there. Great place but to move under, it if it blows up. Yeah. 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 But it's under escort 
by three or four of the most some of the most modern warships in the Russian Navy. And they are equipped with the Maglev uh, electronic uh, countermeasure units. Wow, so cool. They, the same ones that when they had one on an airplane, it shut down the computer systems of and electronic systems of the USS Donald Cook. Mm-hmm. And they uh, remember, remember Patricia, when I told you about that cruise ship that was been, it was drifting off of the coast of California. And it was three days before they found it, so they could get out and rescue the passengers and crew on board. That, was a, field test for, that was a field test for somebody, for an uh, EMP cannon. Uh, and they shot the cruise ship. It was all computerized. Everything was computerized. And they shot it. The computers died, and the ship had no power, no propulsion, uh, you know, it's a steam, you know, it's a steam type turbine ship, but because right. of the computer control systems were fried, the boilers wouldn't work. Right. They so couldn't they were, light the boilers off. So they were stuffed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Obama ordered an aircraft carrier to the South China Sea, and it was intercepted, probably by a Chinese submarine. And they got shot. One of our most modern carriers got shot with this thing. And it was bobbing on the ocean like a cork with absolutely no power and nothing working. And they had to evacuate the crew. And then sent and send tugs out to tow the tow the derelict in. It's gonna it's gonna probably cost a hundred million dollars to replace the electronics aboard that were destroyed. In an age old way. So what I'm interested in is what they're going to do with this Ark of Gabriel. Are they going to plug it in somewhere? And then is heaven going to be on earth? (laughs) No, because for the simple thing is there's been two reports. One that it was being picked up, and the second one that had been picked up, and that the uh, scientific research vessel that was was aboard had left and had made rendezvous with its escorts. They, it made bondage with what? It's escorts. Very interesting. Yes, yeah, you do not, you do not task two or three of your most modern warships to uh, escort a science ship for no reason at all. You just don't do that. No. So that's probably a very interesting piece of equipment that they're examining at sea. Bye bye. Maybe maybe it's a phaser. Phaser laser. A a phaser cannon. Mm -hmm. I hope it's not a weapon. I hope it's not a weapon. I hope it's from the angels. Stop it. Well, an angel's weapon okay. or a god's weapon. God weapon, yes. See, See what's interesting and, about and, all of and, this. Uh, uh, Patricia, here's something to think about. The Saudis went to Russia 
not the United States, for this assistance? All of them are going to Russia. Yes. Terry oh. went to Russia with yeah. his hat in yeah. his hand. They're all yeah. being, uh, Putin says what he's going to do and does it. All these other yeah. blabbermouths are just blabbermouths. The point yeah. here is that even this weather thing, I think, is not controlled by Harp. I think it's controlled to poo-poo all the fear-mongering of what we were told about the 100-year drought. Right. Uh, because my, my yeah. buddy, Rose Moore, out in Oregon, who, uh, who I want to strangle some days, because when he calls me, he says, oh, it's sunshiny here, and we've got 70 degrees. It's so pleasant and wonderful. Not that he sounds that way. But he's just rubbing it in, you know how he is. And so so when I, he's now been calling me and saying, we've had two weeks of rain. I just got a boat. It almost ruined my axle and all this other, some kind of a a launch or something. And, um, And I'm telling him, I said, hey, let it keep raining. It'll float your boat. You could be another Noah. And, um, he's just like, He's like, no, we're not supposed to have all this rain. And I'm like, hey, welcome Uh to the world of rain. We've been having rain for a long time. There's no drought. Okay. The the storm we had from last Sunday to Tuesday? Uh Uh-huh. Almost 7 billion gallons. That's billion with a B. Right. If you like Tahoe. It hasn't been this high in five years. Right. And see, all the lakes have been depleted purposely by the by HARP. And that's why California's been under all the, the drought and the woods and all the other uh-huh. stuff. And yeah. all the stuff, now we're having all this rain, which is replenishing all that the cabal wanted to be, to affect us. And what it is doing is affecting their whole program yeah. of and controlling us. Yeah. Now, they're not going to have, I don't think they're going to have, this in the spring, they're not going to have much problem with floods for the simple reason is all the reservoirs were empty. Are filled. And they will yes, have to fill them empty. first. Yep. That's correct. We, we <laughs> have a, a couple of reservoirs in California that you have a dam. Behind it, you have a, a dry valley because it's empty. Right. But now they're filling. They'll be filling with the snow melt, plus with all the rain they've gotten. They're starting That's to fill exactly that. the point I'm making. I think it's being done by a much better energy than what we've been uh, oh, okay. permitting, as we might say. You know, they, they were stupid. Yeah. They should have told us we were going into an ice age. I would believe that with all this water and stuff. Yeah. They got it backwards. They always do everything backwards. Well, that's why yeah. this whole fraud about the global warming has been poo-pooed by 95% of the population because they're looking around and going, huh? It's raining outside. Huh? Yeah. We're not over warm. 
we're 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 chill we're we're cool we're pleasant. I mean, I go out and my windows are all steamed because of the difference in the temperature between my inside and my outside. But that's not warming. That's humidity, mm-hmm. which is giving nourishment to the plants. I heard a robin. I heard a robin the other day, and I heard a robin this morning. He's out there going, tweet, 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 and I'm going, honey, it's too early for you to give the babies, okay? I read this, too, that all the weird critters like spiders and stuff, they all breeded three months early. Everything, yeah. Everything's three months early now. Yeah, that's exactly my point. Maybe we're shifting, I can see this, from the the southern uh, equator becoming more winter and the northern equator becoming more uh, summer at these times. That could be because the magnetic field has been changing. It could be very easily that it's twisting around. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Now, uh, now Tricia? Yeah. Okay. All right. Russia has a harp capability. So does Europe. All the of them. There's 15 yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cabal-controlled countries were using harp as a weather weapon Correct. to reduce the, the excessive winters in the Midwest here. Right. The excessive rain in the southeast. Right. And the drought on the West Coast. Correct. It's all been controlled. Now, here's the thing. They tried to do the same thing to Russia. And Russia's own harp blocked it. Now, what could be happening right now, because the big high-pressure ridge that was off the California and Oregon coast, it's not there anymore. Oh, interesting. So uh, these, these storms are coming in now. But the the Russians may be using their harp. They've overpowered our harp and letting the storms come in. Well, you you said a point. No, no, no. They're helping us. Oh, I understand what you're saying. What it, it, it is explaining is also why the Air Force has been uh wanting to turn the American Alaskan harp over to a university so they can do it for commercial reason because I bet they stalemated that harp site a long time ago. Right. A long time ago. And now they're just so fed up with it being curtailed, they don't want anything to do with it. It just made me... Or they were ordered to by someone higher than anyone else on this planet. Correct. That could be. Weather warfare was used by the U.S. in Vietnam, during Vietnam. This is why they had unprecedented flooding in North Vietnam and causing the loss of the rice crops for, uh, I think, for about a total of three or four years. The rice crops were were lost because of excessive water, excessive monsoons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Wow. 
Yeah. It's all about control. Everything we're learning about is about control. How much can they control each and every one of us? And I I love it that it's being curtailed. What has been the best part of all? And this is my ta- one of my talents. After I was, I was in a really bad relationship for 12 years, right? You know this. Well, sort of. And I kept getting arrested because he used the cops to try to control me. So after it was all done and over with, I went down and pulled my record so I could look at it all. Well, that's kind of what this has been like. Is It's a way of looking back and seeing what they've done and putting the pieces of the puzzles together that way from from the past forward. And it is just incredible how stupid we've been. Well, we have to rephrase that because we've not been stupid. We've been ignorant. Yeah, yeah. And that ignorance has cost us. Well, look at what you just said, Colin about uh, the monsoons in um, in Vietnam. And Who sending our guards over there. were being controlled. Yeah. And Who our knew? kids were going over there just being fodder. I lost, yes, I lost someone in Vietnam, you know, yeah. so. We all did. Yeah. Look at all yeah, the children and generations. Yeah, a kid I went to school, went to high school with, didn't come back. Yeah, his body was never found. Yep, those are the ways they did it. Hello, hello. Yes. Hey, welcome. Welcome. I had my love. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I miss Larry Santa Claus. Uh, I set my alarm, but apparently I didn't turn the volume up. I turned uh, the volume down. I turned the volume down when I put my my babies to to nappy, and I apparently forgot to turn it back up. Uh, I had my alarm. I had my alarm set up to get up for this call. <laughs> Wait a minute! What happened? <laughs> anyway, I was. Have Have you guys out in the West Coast gotten that snow yet? Oh yes, yeah. That's what I was wondering because I mean, this, this, I thought it was very interesting. You know, I was I get the Weather Channel on my little phone here, and it was saying that the whole country is twenty degrees difference in temperature this right. year. Of course, they're blaming it on El Nino, and I'm wondering how long they're going to use that excuse. But um, somehow that translates into a whole lot of snow into areas that do not normally get snow, and all of us that are used to getting snow, we're getting all we're getting the rain. rain. And, yep. you know, whether you can go out in a sweater in, you know. You're uh, right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going, this is it's awesome, but it's ridiculous, you know. I was like, we, I, I thought it was kind of cute, though. They were showing pictures of, um, you know, somewhere out there in California, I think, that there was like a, a frost which, you know, stuck to the ground. And the kids were just jumping up and down for joy because they thought it was snow. (laughs) Yeah, really. They've never seen snow. I know. But it was so cute. They were that excited about frost. I wonder what they're doing with this snow that you guys are getting out there now. It was really funny up here because first we had the windstorm. And the power was out for four days at my house. Mm. And still, 
I guess they're still places so the power's out. And wow. now we're having snowstorms. But I, I, re- I remember a long that. Yeah. We're used to snow here. So okay. and we've got yeah. snow plowing equipment. There's the difference. We yeah. use snow tires and we have snow plow- plowing equipment. Or all weather tires. Bruce won't get snow tires. Anyway, we're fine. But it it's it's comical where people don't have snow and they think oh, the cross is snow. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> it can skate on yeah. it with their shoes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it yeah. was, you know, interesting. Oh, this has been quite some time ago when Texas got a, that freak snowstorm long, long time ago. And people weren't prepared because they didn't have coats or anything. Right. So it, it's, you know, it's weird when these things happen. So I was just curious of what was going on out there. If that you got if you guys had actually gotten that snow that they were calling for. But, it keeps you know, melting, melting and coming degrees. and melting and you know not melting all the way. It's packed down now, but there's only about six inches. Not enough, enough that I have got to go buy some boots. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering how the 20 degrees difference. I mean, 20 degrees here, going up, giving us warmth. Um, how that twenty degrees difference goes down out there? It hasn't. Oh, it well, hasn't. Not here. Well, how do you, how do you? Well, not in Oregon, but um, I'm in Washington. Washington. Well, yeah. But I mean, in so, California, they're getting they're oh, they're warm where they don't get snow. And how I does I heard it was thirty-one degrees in L.A. Daddy. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just wondering how that twenty degrees goes the opposite oh. direction. For places like you know California, that's right. I heard L.A. was thirty-one degrees. Thirty-one. I wow. I, in the morning. That's that's below freezing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Below we that. don't have coats. You're right. <laughs> oh my. We did. Well, I had coats. Oh. Yeah. yeah. The low last night for here was uh, twelve degrees. And the expected low tonight is going to be 10 degrees. And the high today is supposed to be 28. Is that normal? No. Yeah. Oh, it isn't. Oh. No. No. It's not. Not that cold. Those are normal temperatures for, like, here in Illinois. That's what that kind of temperature I should be having right now. And right now Mm -hmm. here, down there, right now... It is, well, it's 32 out there right now, but it's it's expected to have a high of 45 today. Actually, it's 35 right now. Orpha. Yeah. That's what we're having, too. Yeah. Yeah. Orpha. Yeah. Get your bikini out. I haven't worn a bikini since high school. Um, People would not want to see that. No, thing. (laughs) You're having a heat wave. Get your bikini out. Hey, I have pools. I have an outdoor pool and an indoor pool without yeah. any rain, and I just keep arranging the pool chairs so that I can invite people over with their bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> I may get my shorts and tank tops 
no bikini. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the bikini you can wear because of the fact if you get wet, you don't care. <laughs> oh, it is. I don't care if I get colder. my shorts. My shorts. <laughs> We're just starting into it. It is going to get colder here. By next yeah, Friday, yeah. it's gonna. I'm going to get up to 11 degrees. 11 degrees, up to yeah. 11 degrees. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm going to get up, and it's going to be 11 degrees in the morning, and it's going to get up to 25. Right now, it's 29. Wow. Inside the house here, I have, in this room, I have 65 degrees. In the kitchen, I have 65. This is December 25. Usually, we have in the 40s, not the 40s, we have it in the 30s. And we're having rain. We're just all wet. My my son emptied his measuring thing for water for rainfall. He said it was over four inches of rain in just two days. Yeah. Yep. We're getting that much rain. And as we've said, or before we were talking about the fact that so many of the reservoirs that were almost bone dry are filling up. And that was a good yeah. point you made, uh Colin, about the fact there shouldn't be flooding because of the fact that the reservoirs have gone so low that that all this rain is just going to get it up to a normal level, not even to a flood level. And uh, it's good. It's very good. I do want to say something, uh, Orpha, if you don't mind sending me uh, an email or let's talk after the show because I've changed computers and I can't get into the conference call because I don't have, I didn't want to write down the uh, code for the free conference calling. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, your Tuesday our, thing. Ours or the Tuesday one? Okay. Yeah, I don't know which yeah. one. Is. Okay. Yeah, the Tuesday one, because that's the one we use on Sunday, so that if anybody's Oh, yeah. Okay. Listening to the Tuesday one, they can see our Sunday energy call, so those kids are all kept in the loop. I will do that. I appreciate it, hon. I, I just have to say it now because I will forget it. <laughs> what was your name? Or what was my name? I don't know. As, as Gary puts it, it's a, that's an orphanism, so stop doing that. Orphanism, I love that word. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's all, that's all the goofy that's things that happen, they're orphanisms. Yeah. Hey, yeah Dr. Logic left too much gun talk, so he left yeah. the call. Uh-huh. Oh, well. So let's yeah. not get on that. Let's get on the health. Yeah. Up and what we're really yeah. here for. Colin's trying to get say that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go admitting to the world that you need a keeper. What? Don't admit to the world that you need a keeper now. Oh. Oh, is that what I'm supposed to do? Do you want to hear something that's interesting for what you just said? My granddaughter was telling us yesterday, and I had to keep my mouth shut because I almost I almost flew into a rage. (laughs) They are given, well, they are given at South Carolina University in Columbia a 10 free hours of psychological therapy. And the girls are all laughing about it and thinking it's really silly. And some of them have gone in and just, 
pissed and moaned about their classes and this teacher and that teacher. They just used it to fill up their time. <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of slipped in, but they're writing it all down. And I don't know that anybody heard that. But anything uh-huh. you're saying in front of these people, they're writing it down and it's going in your file. Yep. And they don't get that. And I've got to say it subtly to my son so that he can warn his daughter, or I'm going to have to say it directly to her, please don't use that service. It is to your future detriment. Oh, you don't have to do it? They're volunteering to do this? This is free service for the students. Oh. If they're commanding them to do it, I'd even be triply yeah, or quadruply more suspicious. But it isn't required. It, it's They're just conning them into doing it. And, and so the kids are being like we were. And the kids are being like we were when we were kids. They're going in there and acting like fools and pretending all these things are wrong that really aren't. So, but it's all going into their files so they'll be labeled as terrorists down the road or something. Or there you get it. <laughs> I there get you it. got it. Yep. And that's that's tantamount to uh, coercion without the kids even being aware of it. Do not use anything free. Nothing is free. It is about capturing your thoughts. Oh, speaking of that, I ran across something, and it was so cool because it happened to me when I was a little girl. I kept hearing radios when I'd get billings, and it's true. I came across an article, a, a tape on it yesterday, and when they found, it was an accident. They didn't know it. But that's how they developed the skull to, let's see, the technology to to get into your skull to plant plant yep. thoughts in your head. Yep. It, that's where it started when they accidentally figured out that people were tuning into radios in their teeth. And my yeah, dad is going, oh, bullshit, Patty. And I said, no, really? I can hear radios. (laughs) Well, this validates what you're able to do. The fella, uh, and I can't remember his name. Maybe it was uh, Hill. But his son was born with no ears. And he and his wife agreed that their son was not going to be made a, um, a cripple. So they said, you're going to hear, you're going to hear, you're going to hear. And that son kept doing different things and trying different things, even as a little kid. And he started hearing, and you know what he was doing? He was putting his teeth on the old radio Victrola-type things. You know how it was all wooden cage? He would put his teeth on the frame, and he could hear what was being said. So what you're saying about hearing the radio from your teeth is exactly right. It's radioactive. This kid was able to do that. Right. Pat? Yeah? Pat? There was a dance troupe, and they actually were used on uh, the old uh, uh, Fantasy Island show. 
Okay. And okay. One of their one of their star dancers is deaf. But she could feel the music through her That's exactly what I said with the guy I danced at New Year's Eve. When he came over and asked me to dance, I said, Sure. That'd be a first time. And he was he was one of our deaf guys. And we're out there and he's keeping perfect rhythm. And I'm going, How do you do it? I'm hearing the music. I know you can't hear the music. How are you doing? He said, the vibration of the floor. Wow. Yep. The music, the, the speakers, you know how bad they are. They are so loud. It bounced the floor, and he could keep perfect rhythm. He never missed a beat. Okay. We have an uh, auditorium here, and it's, you know, it's, uh, the convention authority runs it. But it, when it was built... Back in the in the uh, about sixty seven sixty eight, the idea was that they would have a venue so they could have concerts and other things like that there. Mm-hmm. But they were ten minutes into the first rock concert they ever booked there, and they had to stop it because the cement started to crack. The vibration. The vibration and the sound levels. Wow. Yep. So you see, you, sound uh, is very bad. You don't use that venue for that reason. Yep. yep. Well, there was a, a car went by just yesterday. When I lived in L.A., we used to have it in, out in Paris, California, when I lived out there. We used to have these guys in their boom boxes. And anytime they'd go by with that boom, 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 boom beat, it aggravated me. I just got pissed to the gills immediately until I read the art an article that what it's doing, that steady boom, 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 it's activating your heart too fast, and it aggravates. It is purposely there to aggravate. Imagine what it's doing to the kid in the car. And the middle ones, yep. That's oh what I put up with at the dumpster every time they come up with those. Some, and now it doesn't bother me, but I used to be, oh, I'd go into a rage over That's it. exactly the point I'm saying. But it now, activated too much energy yeah, yeah. and caused you to react negatively and them to not hear it anymore because their ears were, those follicles, those hair follicles just got fried. Yeah, Fine. and I noticed the ones that were doing it, and they were the ones that were causing a lot of the trouble. They were yeah. the ones on the drugs and stuff. So I'm going, whoa, this is really... It all ties together. Yeah. It all ties yeah. together. And one yeah. of the things that was true about what they were doing at that time was purposely to annihilate these kids so they couldn't hear things and were misinterpreting what was really going on and therefore creating the angst, creating all the other stuff that goes on. I mean, it, it, it's, it's amazing yeah. that we even lived through much of that horrific time. I mean, it was really astounding. Yeah, Pat? So, well, yeah, go ahead, Colin. Uh, okay. 
Uh, 25 years ago, uh, I gave the Army another chance and joined the, the Reserves. Military. Yeah. yeah, joined the Reserves, okay? And uh, they took me because I was prior service. And I was sent, you know, they had to go to Oakland for the examination, physical and such, to be sworn in. And I was in, uh, I failed my hearing test. Uh-huh. Now, okay. Now, we were result but, uh, there. They had a, a doctor there. He's a, he was a reservist, but so that's what he did. And his civilian practice was audiology. And his, uh, uh, he said, no, you know, you failed your hearing test. I said, oh, I did? I said, yep, but I've signed a waiver for you to enlist because you lost your hearing from, a t- from serving, in the mil- serving in the Army in the 60s and 70s when the Army didn't give a shit about your hearing and uh-huh. protecting. So you, you guys get a waiver. These kids coming in that have destroyed their ears with, at that time, the epitome was the Sony Walkman. You know, oh. these little things like that with the loud music. He said, I don't, they are, I disqualify them. They're not allowed to enlist because they just, they just personally, deliberately destroyed their hearing. Right. But you guys lost it because you were using equipment and weapons without proper hearing protection. Well, now, did they give you disability with it or any of the others? Well, no, they let them back in so they could probably talk. could have, but uh, I don't want anything to do with the VA. Right. But the, they gave him a waiver to let him back in so they could put him back yep. in there and make I his hearing even a, worse. Yeah. I yeah, hate no, the service. No, no, no. no. <laughs> now they're real picky about your hearing. They have to be. They have to be. They've learned because they lost a lot of them. I never filed for the I could have got a, a partial pension. I have a, I have a, uh, a 50% hearing loss in my right ear at 6,000 hertz. I have an overall loss of uh, 20%. Okay. Overall loss. What does that mean? Overall, both ears. But I have a specific frequency loss of fifty percent at the six thousand hertz level in my right ear. This is the ear that gets exposed when you're firing a rifle. Uh, Ah, okay. Closest to the rifle. And children's hearing is even more delicate than ours. I mean, it was our town, Spokane, that installed special equipment downtown that they could blast waves out or sounds that older people couldn't hear, just the young kids, to get them off the sidewalks, to get them out of the downtown area. And it was in the newspaper, and I'm going, What? Are you serious? Yeah, they were doing that, and so I'm going. Yeah, they, yeah, their their phones and stuff. They can actually put on a tone that those that are in a different age bracket uh-huh. <laughs> can't can't hear can't hear it. 
only the young people can hear it. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting with what you're bringing out is the fact of when there was something on YouTube about them testing a a sound controller. These college kids have the fraternity houses, sorority houses. At the end of the semester, you just get blitzed because you're so glad it's over with. So are the professors. But sometimes, you know, you're tired and stuff, and you can start little fights. Well, there was a little teeny fight that started. Nothing big. The frat brothers cooled it down. Everything was cool. The squat, the squat team, the SWAT team came in, and they put up this sound thing, and they put it on, and it pierced these kids' ears so bad for something that if they had talked to the kids, they would have learned it was all over with. But they were testing the equipment to see how it would control them. And that is the damage. Yep. That is continual damage on kids. Whenever they're doing this stuff, it's all about how much can we damage. Mm-hmm. And so it, it behooves us to have the kids aware so that they, they squash it before anybody else does, but they keep their distance, not fear, but their distance from these kinds of controls because it really is detrimental to their own mental health, their physical health. But that is the, the weapons that they wanted to, to set up. Oh. <laughs> so, it, it's interesting. More and more of less and less about what we really are getting control on and that the difference with this Christmas, they don't have the full control of all of us anymore. That they don't. just break your heart? <laughs> yeah, just just beat me to death and I just can't be controlled anymore. I just want them to use that control on all the ones that are bad, turn it on, and have them just walk down to the nearest jail and walk into the station and just check themselves in. Perfectly yeah, sensible. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about some control. Deal. I'll tell you about yeah, some control. We um, had our little Christmas, you know, family Christmas thing last night, so everybody doesn't have to do anything today. Uh-huh. That was kind of nice. You know, I can just get up for this phone call, right? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Grandma. Anyway, anyway, there was, you know, get this, eight adults, okay, eight adults, and two mm-hmm. toddler. Well, not well, a three and a a, a four and a two year old. Guess who was in control? The kids, <laughs> the two year old, the two year old. Yeah, the, the two and four year old. Either either one of them. Well. The two-year-old follows the four-year-old. I mean, my grandson right. follows my granddaughter around like, sister, like yeah. she is. She carries the moon, you know. He just <laughs> mimics her. He does everything she does right down to the last drop, you know. It's, it's really <laughs> weird. But um, 
I'll tell you, those two kids were the the life of the party. You know, I mean, I I, <laughs> I couldn't believe how much you know stuff they got. I'm going, oh my god, they don't have to fight with anybody. <laughs> they have, they got so much stuff last night. It's unbelievable. Like my my youngest son gave my grandson, you know, his gift to that to him, and my grandson, you know, pulled it out of the bag, looked at it, and set it down. <laughs> my son got, oh man, but it, they're so overwhelmed with so much stuff they can't even process it. Yeah, no, you and know? that's the problem. That is the problem. We learned know. that as kids. Not as yeah. kids, but as uh, right. um, parents, that we had to watch what we gave to the kids because that's why I said if you ask Santa Claus for it, he won't bring it <laughs> because they want everything, and these parents go and buy everything, and, and all they want is the wrapping paper, or they want the box it the came box. in, and they'll make something out of it. There I mean, give me a break, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it, it was just it was just fun watching them last night, though, because it was they, you know, they they were playing Santa Claus too, you know. Oh, here, this goes to, you know, Uncle Casey, or this goes to Grandma Orpha, well, or whatever. You know, they, yeah. they they love taking the the things back and forth. Um, but yeah, it was I a was. Delivery. Yeah, they were the delivery. <laughs> they were the delivery. Oh, they were the, the elves. They were the livery, not the delivery. Thank um, you for correction. <laughs> um, it was, but it was just so much fun. There was just so much excitement and 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 whatnot. But those two have everybody's, you know, wrapped around their little fingers. <laughs> they know it. Oh yeah. But oh, it, was, yeah. it was it was it was nice. But yeah, I just had to bring up that that little bit of kind of control because they definitely had it. That was so Well, it is, and it, it, it is to watch them. I mean, even my, I was at my son's place, and um, my son has totally acquiesced everything to his wife insofar as she knows what's in everything, and she knows what to give out, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and he just, she does. She does it all, you know. And it's mm-hmm. so funny because if he had heard his father, his father was pissed every time I took over. Yeah. Any time I took over, I mean, it was like, give me a break, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Total different era. Total different era. So. He picked yeah. a wife like his mother. He what? He picked a wife like his mother. Well, that. You know, they don't get that, but that's exactly what they did. Uh-huh. They exactly well, did that. Yeah, and we, of course, I didn't. I picked totally opposite of my dad, but, you know, even women picked the same as their fathers. I picked or my mother. mother. I married my mother. And mother. it was the biggest mistake, <laughs> and yet I had, to, I had to learn from it. That's yeah. the gift. That is the gift. I had to learn from it. And uh, it, it, it took me a number of years to even get that I'd married my mother. I had mm-hmm. to heal that wound. I had to heal it. And until you heal it, you're going to keep marrying the person you need to heal with. Yep. And that's, that's, that's what I've learned over the years. 
That's why, especially women, I'm sorry, especially women, I don't know so much about men, but, you know, like in cases of abuse, um, the girls will will marry someone who is abusive if they've been abused as a child by their dad or, you know, some male figure that they looked up to. Boys, I think, more turn into abusers. I'm not mm-hmm. saying all of them do. I think some of them really try to but. fight it and break the chain. But um, if they if they don't fight it, they turn into abusers, and and women marry their abusers. Correct. Correct. Well, see, that's exactly the point I'm raising. Is the fact once you figure out what it is you've really done. See, my sons still haven't, and they've married wonderful ladies. They're very good ladies. And my uh, oldest son, Bob, said, they're all German, Mom. And I'm going, (laughs) German, Irish, they're all strong-willed. But I didn't say that to him. Yeah. Did not say that to him because it would crush that type of mentality. And I wasn't there to crush him. I was there to support him because the women are great women because that's what I envisioned. They would all marry very good women, and they have. They have done an excellent job. I had nothing to do with it. You know, we can only do what is uh, available at the time things are going on that we can even suggest to them. And uh, otherwise, it's it's a catch-22 for anything. I mean, yep. and we do marry who we need to heal with. We do. What an awakening. Bruce's yeah. mother is German. No wonder she's like Hitler. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's that kind of, uh, and they're very strong. Uh-huh. And, oh, yeah. And they're very loving. They're very loving in their way. So it, it's, it's a, um, oh, a true God, learning thing for y'all. I have to tell you a funny story. Bruce is not the reincarnation of Jesus. I have to get over <laughs> oh, that one. No. I'll tell you why. <laughs> oh, His mother I bought a hard. new house, you guys. They bought, sister and mommy bought a new house. They are moving this Christmas. Luckily for me, that's why I don't have to have Christmas. They're all going over there to help Mom move on Christmas Day. Okay, so Bruce is doing the walls in the basement. So yesterday, his mother calls up and she goes, the doors that we got are too skinny. We can't get the furniture in the house if we put the doors And and so he's sitting here talking to her for about 20 minutes, and I, you know, I'm trying to figure out what they're talking about. So then he tells me the story, and I looked at him, and I go, you're not the carpenter? He goes, what? I said, you're not Jesus the carpenter? He goes, no, I guess not. I said, but you went to woodworking school. Didn't you have any idea those doors were too skinny? He said, I didn't order them. Kim and Mom went and ordered them themselves. I said, oh, God, you guys all took red pills, and I took a blue one. Okay, fine. Uh, 
Oh, dear. And I don't even have to help them move or anything. They don't need me. They don't want, well, they, you know, and I don't want to be there because it's just a zoo. But for Christmas, the boys are helping Mom and Kim move. And it will be wonderful once they get into their new house. And it's been a wonderful year this year. So, <laughs> but that, that, well, I can't believe the door. And then he went and got a haircut. And Mom didn't even notice. But I did. Because when he took off his hat, and I looked at the back of it, there's a bare spot. And I found a couple <laughs> other ones. And I went, oh, my God. I'm having a flashback to when I was 18, and I'm in San Diego, and this guy wants, in the Navy wants me to give him a haircut, but he wants me, and I'm in beauty school, but I haven't been taught how to use a pair of clippers yet. So he wants oh. me to use these clippers. <laughs> yeah, oh, really, really, and three, but the three bald spots I put on that man's head were clear down to the skin. Bruises weren't quite down. <laughs> And I'm standing there looking at Bruce's head, and I'm going, oh, no, I'm having a 40-year flashback. (laughs) It is just funny. And Bruce, when I got together with him, had hair clear down to his waist, and he had a bald spot, and it was just icky, awful hair. And I was so glad when he finally cut it, but it's gotten just comical. I wish he would have cut it before his dad died. That's all his dad ever wanted was for Bruce to get his hair. Well, he <laughs> may not be he may not be be Jesus, but you're no Delilah either. Oh no! <laughs> you mean <laughs> the crushing blow right there? Yeah, and not only that, you kicked me off the immortality call. <laughs> no, no, I didn't kick you off. I was just teasing you, because oh. when you said that to me about, Patty, this is an immortality call, and I go, yeah, but I'm still looking to see what I can do if I die, or whatever I said, and then I, after I got off the phone, and I, saw, I sat here, and I went, did she just kick me off the immortality call? I was just playing with it, Orpha, Okay. <laughs> I wasn't kicking anybody off anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, just Well, I, I forget what it was we were talking about, but you had mentioned something, and I go, does she not know that we're, we deal with <laughs> I think I mentioned that I've accepted my own death, if that's the way I'm going to go, or something to that effect. But, you know, it, it, it's neither here nor there. It was just kind of cute. <laughs> that's funny. People are too funny, and they all keep repeating it. <laughs> over and over and over. over, and over. <laughs> I miss those grandchildren. Evidently, you don't have them because we'd be hearing them. They're probably so full of sugar right now that they're flying at oh. their mom. Well, not, not really. We didn't have a whole lot of... Actually, what our... Well, was kind of in, well, actually, we did have a lot of sugar, but it wasn't candy. We, um... Our... our Christmas meal was um, a spiral ham and waffles. <laughs> waffles? Made lemon, lemon waffles. Yeah. Someone wanted waffles. Turned out too bad. Baked apples. And, and I did all the cooking, by the way. And oh. I'm, I'm 
cooked out. Showing, showing it too from standing so long, but um, yeah. it was so funny. Um, yeah, we it had these waffles and we had different kinds of. I mean, it wasn't the. It wasn't definitely was not a traditional meal. But it was kind of fun, you know. Yeah. It, was, it was nice to do that. Um, I've never had lemon pa- lemon waffles before. <laughs> so, so the yeah, lemon I never plate. heard of them. Wow. I, I, nobody, nobody else did either, but <laughs> nobody liked them. No. I went to. I, I got this this baking mix, which yeah, it's, I'm sure it's not organic at all, but. Um, <laughs> It was through one, you know how you have like Tupperware parties. Well, there was a chocolate party. And it was through oh. Dove, Dove chocolates. You can't get this chocolate except for having a party, or going right. through a party to get it. You can't get it in the stores. So it's a little bit better chocolate and doesn't have quite as much of the crap in it. But anyway, there's there's I I thought how can you have all this stuff with chocolate? You know I never saw chocolate as being a a baking item, you know. I mean, other yeah. than you know, cookies or something like that. But anyway, they have a, a wonderful rub that you can like put on chicken and and I figured probably turkey or something. It's a little bit spicy, but not not too bad. But it, it, ah, it really gives a wonderful flavor. They have barbecue sauce and all kinds of different stuff. Anyway, this baking mix. They have lemon and they have a red velvet mix and then they have a chocolate mix. And I I don't want to try the lemon. One of my sons just loves lemon everything. You know, he loves lemon cupcakes, lemon cookie bars, you know, lemon, lemon, lemon. So I decided to make some lemon, make the waffles lemon. And it actually turned out pretty good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we, there was enough sugar, the baked apples, the waffles, the... Um, what else do we have? Well, those are pretty two fairly strong items right there for yeah. sugar. <laughs> but um, well, even the uh, yeah the waffles and the I had the organic maple syrup, but um, I forgot why I even said said anything about uh, said anything about. I that. said something about sugar. Oh, sugar! Be wound up yeah. on sugar today, but. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, we. I mean, there wasn't, you know, a bunch of candy sitting around. I did have some peanut brittle there from the same chocolate party. Mm. Um, it was really good. <laughs> um, but they weren't eating that, you know. I mean, hey, how much yeah. did you spend at the chocolate party? Too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I don't go to stuff like that. <laughs> well, actually, my mother I, used to hide on the floor when the Fuller brush man would come. She'd make it all of us hide on the floor so she didn't have to answer the door. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like, oh, they even have martini, margarita, and daiquiri mixes, too. I'm interested in this really chocolate good. chicken rub. That sounded really tempting. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, um, it really is a really good really good. <laughs> I, I was very surprised at how good it was. And see, these chocolate parties, they you actually basically have a meal when you're, you know, go to these things. Because they'll make, like, some of the chicken. 
Mm. And they'll use the rub on it, and you get a you oh, know wow. that the salads they have. There's vegetable dips and fruit dips that you can use, and it's really really good. I love the vegetable dip. I don't I'm not real crazy about the fruit dip. And that's probably because I don't just sit and eat a lot of fruit all the time. I get enough sweets elsewhere, so I don't. <laughs> um, well, I, that makes it sound like I'm sitting eating a bunch of chocolate, right? No. Just <laughs> at <laughs> that part. I, 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 I get my fruits through, like, juicing more than I do right. sitting eating fruit. So I don't, you know, really care for the sweeter dip. I like more the salty, you know, flavors. It's a little sweet, but the fruit, the veggie dip I really like, you know, um, chips and stuff. But um, I actually, for my party, I actually did tacos. And they have, you know, we were going to have margaritas, but the the lady, <laughs> they're called chocolatiers instead of, um, uh, you know, you're... Um, what do they call them usually? Um, not the host, but the person above the host. Oh yeah, they sponsor or somebody like that. Yeah, the de- the dealer or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't forget what they call them. But anyway, they're with this. It's called they're called chocolatiers. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, anyway, she she had a really bad migraine headache that day, and she couldn't drive up from. She lives in in Missouri, and she was in misery. And um, (laughs) (laughs) and so so my actually she's my daughter-in-law's sister. Um, so my Uh daughter-in-law and I ran the party because she had actually you know we had both been you know hers, and we'd also been another one party from hers. I had booked a party from that lady's, but at any rate, um, we ran this. So we didn't get the margarita, or the yeah, we didn't get the margarita. But you like rim the glass in this chocolate cake mix or whatever. Um, so I was I was looking forward to that with with my tacos. <laughs> <laughs> what was really strange was this rub, um, the sweet. It's called sweet and spicy rub, and we had. You have to kind of toast it um, before you put it in the meat mixture. And I, I used um, organic bison meat instead of doing chicken again. I'm so chicken and poultry out. Um, but, I, but I like bison. It's um, They are one thing that can't, can't be manipulated like the cattle can with the hormones and the, all that kind of stuff. So I like bison. But anyway... Um, it, it, I turned my back for like a second, and the Uh-oh. stuff started burning, Uh-oh. and it, it gave smoke out into the room, and everybody was coughing, and, and it got up into the sinuses, and it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> wow, oh, it was unbelievable, it was like, oh man, we had to open the windows, I mean, and it really didn't burn that long, because I was still able to use it, but it, it like went poof up in the, the smoke, you know, like really weird. Um, anybody that was within close proximity <laughs> got that stuff up into their head. 
like, did you get high off of it? <laughs> no, but boy, it, it it kind of burned a little bit. And oh was, my god! Yeah, it, it was really what is weird. It? Burnt chocolate. Well, it's, it's just the powder stuff. It's just and the rub. Stuff. It was the rub for the chicken that she was heating up, right? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I have fires all the time, so this isn't. I that's why I became a fireman because I. <laughs> I do things like that, but I I've been pretty good lately. <laughs> no fire. Yeah. Why Why would that burn your your sinuses? Well, what What it, What it has in it is brown sugar, cocoa powder, sea salt, chilies, <laughs> dried garlic, dry, dried onion, smoked paprika, yeah, spices. Mm-hmm. Of course, we pretty much know what that is. Silicone dioxide mm-hmm. which prevents the caking. So that's what we got up in. <laughs> yeah, the snorting, the, snorting the, smoke. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. cayenne will do that. It tastes good. I left yeah. my pancakes in the pan this week for 10 minutes. Forgot about them, right? And oh. I was so glad that Bruce was gone because I went in there and I looked down on them and I went, wow, all the bubbles have popped, but they're they're cooked just the bottom up. <laughs> and I took them out of the frying pan and just dropped them in the garbage can and said, oh, I'm glad Bruce didn't see that one. <laughs> I've done that. Not one of my finer moments. Well, and now his mother told me a story about his dad that Bill had this thing about pancakes whenever they'd go out to breakfast. He'd always say, how are your pancakes? And I'd go, and what would the waitresses say, Wanda? And Wanda said, well, because I didn't understand what he was asking either, and I'm a waitress. And she said, well, Bill didn't like really thick pancakes. He liked them just a certain way. I said, oh, okay. So now, every time I make pancakes for breakfast, his father is standing behind me, telling me they're too thick or they're too damn. I'm serious. This is getting bizarre. And I'll turn around, and Bruce will be in the bedroom, and I'll, and he'll hear me say, Bill, go in and bother Bruce, or go over to Wanda's, but just leave me alone. I'll cook these pancakes any way I want. <laughs> oh, that's that's kind of like me and scrambled eggs. I'll go to, you know, if I go to a restaurant and get scrambled eggs, I'll ask them if they're fluffy. And they go, what? <laughs> because if you add just a little bit of milk to them, it, it puffs them up. They're they're not all dry and hard eggs. Hard, yeah. Do you know what I, I use? Like. Do you know what I use in my in my um, French toast? Or when I'm yeah, I put a little bit of pancake flour in it. You know yeah. what I do? Yeah. Instead of instead of using, um, well, there's a little bit of milk in it when I when I do French toast or whatever, but I'll use the syrup itself, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful making it like that for kids because then you don't have to put syrup on; they're not all sticky. Oh yeah, it's already cooked with a pancake. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> of course, I still go ahead and add syrup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. I use honey but, a lot. But they're, but they're, they're neat, you know, right. making, it, it, it's neat making, yeah, it's neat um, making the 
French toast strips, and little babies can can dip it into the to the syrup if they want. But they're but if you're traveling in a car or something, you can give those to the babies, and there you don't have to deal with the syrup. They're already sweet. Of course, I'm not talking about you know Aunt Jemima's syrup now. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. (laughs) organic grade B maple syrup. The good stuff. Yep. Well, the good mm-hmm. stuff. That's well, you right. guys know I have a problem cooking bacon, so I got this bright idea to buy some bacon bits, real bacon bits. And so the other morning I thought, I'm going to put bacon bits in the pancake mix. By then I'd gotten rid of Bill, his dad. He's still in hell or heaven or wherever he is. I don't know where he is. Anyway, so I put the bacon bits in the pancakes and just took them in there and set it down and ran away <laughs> without <Yeah>. telling him. <laughs> you know, so about five minutes later, I hear, I hear, hey, that's pretty good. I'm going, oh, thank God, I can just buy bags of bacon bits and feed those to him. <laughs> hey, Patty? Yes. Uh, when you make your uh, your pancakes, Instead yeah. of putting oil in it, you know, instead of putting your an oil into it when you're making the batter, yeah. use uh, use bacon drippings. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good idea. That'll give it the flavor. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you also use the bacon drippings to bit for your for your biscuits for instead oh. of shortening. Oh. But I'm not. Uh, I told you I don't cook bacon. <laughs> I mean, no, no, you, but you save the dripping. You know, you save what people call the grease. I usually feed it to the dogs. Yeah, but you know, that's the whole thing, don't you? Yeah. But get good bacon. Okay. Right. But my bacon, bacon, the bacon, bacon I buy is half yeah. people and half wild boar. I do not want to eat pork anymore. 12,000 years ago, we crossed people with boars. That's what pigs are. Okay. So get get bacon that's made of turkey or beef. Oh, okay. 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 Because every animal, every quadruped, (laughs) see, bacon comes from the muscles that go past the ends of the ribs, the rib cage. Oh. And that's the... That's the strip they cut off, and that's what they make bacon out of. Oh. And then, you know, you know any any, uh, any uh, mammal or you know warm-blooded animal that's got a uh, you know a rib cage has these muscles, and that's just what oh. they make bacon out of. God. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but tur- turkey bacon is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. You know, but you know, but save your drippings. And use them in place of shortening in certain recipes. Well, the only problem with turkey bacon is there's not a whole lot of drippings. Oh, well. It's, it's that's very all right. hard to get anything out of them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but I use, I, uh, the bacon I get, it's an applewood type bacon. You know, it's, you know when, they, when they heat it in the, in the uh, smoker, they use apple. They use applewood. Oh. And, uh, you know, there's also hickory and uh, mesquite and other little things you use, you know, for, for different flavors on the meat, on the finished meat. But uh, they, 
it's almost eleven dollars a pound now. This particular good stuff. Night. Yeah, it's good. It's really high quality bacon, even though yeah. even though it's pork. You know, it's it's pork that's been organically raised. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I save the drippings. You know, I you know how I might you know sometimes uh, I might get a, a quarter of a cup. Other times I don't even get an eighth of a cup. Depends on the you know how lean it is. But I save it. I have a, I have right now. I'm uh, I have one jar I'm using out of right now, and I'm filling a second one now. Oh. It's get it's getting close to full. This is what I use when I make biscuits and pancakes and waffles in, in place Colin? of shortening or oil. Colin. Yep. What do you do with all that bacon you're cooking? I eat it. Oh, okay. see, I see. I, I don't. I don't go through more than in a whole month two two and a half pounds. That's all. Oh, okay. I couldn't figure out. You're talking jars, and I'm seeing these great big jars no. for bacon. No. no, that's just uh, I I, pay, I bought a couple bought couple jars of uh, you no, know, I guess they're pint and a half. Uh, pint oh. and a half jars. Originally, it was applesauce. Good, high-quality, organic applesauce. And I saved the jars. And that's what they're used for. But that's that's my shortening for certain types of uh, products, you know, certain things I make. And it does give a flavor. Mm-hmm. Has anybody made... That stuff that you put it in a jar, all these vegetables, and make um, it's like pickled vegetables, but they're you know it's like sauerkraut, but you make it out of oh. vegetables. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's kimchi. Yeah, kimchi. Have you made that, Orsa, or know about making it? <laughs> Do you know about making? Okay, maybe Colin does. Okay, they're talking to me. Yeah, I, I've never made it. I've never even made sauerkraut, but I love it. But any any of the any vegetables and stuff that you want to you know do that with is actually very good for you, though. The you have ferment, a recipe, the fer, fer, fermented yeah. vegetables. Yep. It's a staple in the Orient. In Korea, yeah. it's called kimchi. Japan has another name for it, but it's the same stuff. It's a way to preserve your vegetables through the winter yeah. without refrigeration, you know, or during the summer. There's summer kimchi and there's winter kimchi. And mm. in Korea, they uh, it's a earthenware container, a crock, and it's buried in in the yard of the houses, and this is where they put it. That's where they keep it. And how long does it last? It'll last a year. It's well, the is it in the, the way to preserve food until the next harvest? And it is super hot, spicy wise. That's why it doesn't spoil. Uh, oh. So it's not it's sweet. Pre-dated. So it's not. Pre-dated. It's do 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 what was it? I didn't catch what you said there. There, uh, it's a way to preserve food, the vegetables. Yeah, 
Yeah, I didn't hear way. what you said. I didn't hear what that way was. Yeah, it's that just they use spices and herbs are used to make it. Oh. And it is hot. And it's a hot and hot that keeps it preserved. Yeah, if you're in a group of people, and the kimchi comes out, everybody has to eat or the ones that don't eat it run away from the smell. <laughs> you preserve your your delicate smell system, huh? Yeah. It now, cleans you out. On my uh, first tour in Korea, we had, you know, in, in Korea, they have Korean troops assigned to the U.S. Army commands so that uh, we don't have to have as many people over there. It just fills a slot in our TO. And uh, we had a uh, yeah, Korean corporal, you know, Korean Army corporal that was assigned to my section. And his, uh, you know, he'd come back from past. They'd been eating kimchi. He'd come in one end of the barracks, and the rest of us go out the other end of the barracks. And uh, so finally, you know, we would get, you know, get a little bit fed up with it. And, you know, we liked him, but, uh, you know, but, you know, it was just too much. So, you got a guy named Simpson that, uh, he came from Kentucky. And his hometown was 30 miles from the cave where they make Limburger cheese. Oh. He grew up with Limburger cheese and he loved it, but he didn't eat it, you know, around us because it stunk. It stinks too. And so he said, well, I'll fix this guy. So he called, got sent, called. You know, sent a letter to his father, and a package arrived about a month later with fresh Limburger cheese in it. So when they come, when Kim and his friends would come in, you know, with, with their kimchi breath, uh, we'd all quietly leave, and Simpson would sit down there, and he'd start eating his Limburger cheese. And the Limburger cheese smelled as bad to them as the kimchi smelled to us. And they got the message. <laughs> it, is, it was a matter of courtesy. Wow. But it, it did resolve the situation peacefully. But I think that stuff is really good for you. Oh, it is. But, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's just like pickling. And, you know, pickling and, and salting. It's just ways to preserve food when you don't have high technology methods to do it with. Mm-hmm. You don't need a lot of heat. You don't need electricity. And, 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 you know, that's all it is. Like pemmican. You use pemmican. I sent the recipes to for pemmican to uh, Patricia, and she sent them out to everybody. Yeah. So somewhere in your email is the recipe for pemmican. But you take meat, any kind of meat, and you cut it real thin, and you dry it. Mm-hmm. And you dry it until it's completely dry. While you're doing that, you're also doing some fruits. You know, you know, berries and things of that nature. And uh, the Indians here on North America used it all over the place. And it all seems different was the meat. Some were buffalo, some was venison, some was elk, some was moose, depending on where you were, what meat you used. And you took the meat and you powdered it, and it would crush to a powder. And you would add fat to it. To where it, you know, where it was like a, you know, super thick, 
batter consistency. And you'd add the fruit to it. And you see it, and they made, uh, they took some of the animal skins and they made bags out of them to, to seal them in. But it would keep forever. Oh, wow. You know, and that, that was a meal. A piece of pemmican was a meal. It had your fat, your mm-hmm. meat, had your, uh, you know, your fruit. And it, it would do it, you know. And through lean times, and it kept forever, and it was very compact and very light. Carry a lot of it. There's a, there's a couple records where people, they, you know, they, they stored up pemmican, and suddenly there was no other food available. And one guy lived on pemmican for a year. Wow. You don't and need much to eat with it, right? right. You don't need you don't much, need right? No. But yep. it, keeps, it preserves the meat without refrigeration or freezing. Mm-hmm. So it's course, just dry it all up, and then when it gets in your body, it expands and gives you all you need. Wow, that's kind of neat. But, you know, you have, you know, you, it's the whole thing that holds the fruit, the dried fruit and the dried meat together, after you put, after you powdered them, is the fat. And you put just just enough fat, and then you either cut, you know, roll it out and cut it in squares, or you put it in balls. But you know, that was how it was. It was very good. It's one of those lost arts. But, you know, Lots the prepper movement has revived it. Because you don't need refrigeration. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you can use, you know, just about any meat there is to make it. You can use just about any fruit to do it. But certain fruits are better because certain, uh, cause, uh, certain, uh, certain fruits make a nice pemmican but they, they'll only last five or six months before spoiling. Other fruits will last, you know, other fruits in pemmican will last for years. It depends on the fruit you use. I've got a gallon of wild huckleberries in my freezer. That'll work. Bring them out, thaw them, and dry them. The I'm not going to make pemmican out of them. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> okay, I'm going to use them to juice. <laughs> so it's good. Thank you very much. But I'm into yeah. seed nutrition, and I'm 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 taking care of my body. I, in fact, tomorrow yeah. I'm taking a nutrition class for my to help with my uh, clean out my system and stuff, and know what to do. A well, you can more. get. You can get cans of dehydrated water too, and you know, use with that stuff. Just add water. That they make dehydrated water. It's a joke. Dehydrated fruits. It's a joke. Oh my god! You open up the you open up a can of dehydrated water and you add water. Oh my God! I fell for that one. <laughs> you oh, did. Hook yeah. like a sinker. You're good, Patty. Just <laughs> when I thought I was waking up, <laughs> along comes Orpa. Orpa, and 
and she bowls me down again. That's orphanism on you. Uh, yeah. Orphanism, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I could. Does anyone want to talk about books? What books are you talking about? Well, the, the ones I just ordered. What did you order? You got your Christmas present. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I finally found my uh, paper copies of Lights Out, One Second After, and One Year Later. One Year After. They've finally been published. One Year After was just published. And I finally got a paper. one up in the Black Hills for anybody that doesn't remember. Black Rock, Black Mountain. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Black Mountain. Yeah. School is published. And it's very good. And I finally got a paper copy of Fingerprints of the Gods, which Graham Hancock published 20 years ago. I, I've been using a PDF, but you know they're subject to fit computer failure to lose them. And in late September, Magicians of the Gods was released. I got a copy of that, and I'm halfway through it. All right. These are good books to read. They really are. And you can, I can definitely understand why Graham Hancock is thoroughly despised by most archaeologists. Despised. He hated. Not despised. Why? Well, because he brings up things they don't want to talk about. Oh. Like a, an unknown, advanced, technically advanced civilization at the end of the Ice Age that was destroyed by the end of the Ice Age. And the cause of the of the cold period called the Younger Dryas it was caused by a comet. And our atmosphere broke up and there were multiple impacts on the Laurentide. There were three ice sheets. I forget what the one on the that covered British Columbia up to Alaska. Forget what that was called. But the uh, Laurentide was the name given to the ice sheet that covered most of North America. And then the, the, the European, there was another one named for the one that covered Europe. And all across the pole, was, everything was one solid sheet of ice from uh, Alaska into Eastern Europe and uh, northern, uh, northern Russia. Everything was one massive ice cap. And this comet dropped in there, and some of the pieces that hit the ice cap were uh, up to 3,000 uh, no, 3, meters in diameter going very fast, and it caused the uh, ice caps to melt, which ended the ice age, but there was a huge, massive flood, and Patty, uh, (laughs) Patty, have you been to the Scatlands? Pardon me? A little south of you. Where? The Scatlands of Washington. Oh, yeah. There's a little bit south to the south of you. Southwest. Have you seen them? Not recently. But you've seen them. Oh, I know what. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Those were caused in the space of a couple weeks by the melting of the uh, ice uh, the ice sheet. Oh wow! That's how much water was released. Huh. That quickly. That you know that quickly and that destructively, there were places where the water was two thousand feet deep. 
over what is now the Scablands. Wow. How much water was there? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. the geologists don't want to talk about it. Because it interferes with their little uh, theories of gradualism <clears throat> that they prefer. They don't like catastrophic theories. They make them wrong? Oh, yeah. They think they're wrong. They don't want to believe it. <laughs> okay? But that's what caused it. And as a result of the... Uh, all that water vapor being thrown into the air and everything else, and and all that fresh water going into the North Atlantic, it shut down the Atlantic conveyor, which is the current, the Gulf Stream that goes uh-huh. up and takes the warm water up into along the coast of Norway and Greenland and all this, you know. And then it drops down. It cools and drops down, and it comes back as cold water. And it comes and it hits the equator and it comes back up and then the system reverses. Just a big conveyor, and that got shut down for 1,200 years. And the ice age reverted. And the Clovis cultures were totally were basically destroyed and by the side effects of this. The same thing happened in Europe. Massive die off. That's where all the large the mammoths. And the large cave, the short uh, snouted cave bear and the sloth and the camels and the horses were killed off by the by the after effects of this. That's you know, they weren't hunted to extinction by humans. They died because of the effects of that impact. And that's why they're finding fresh food in their stomachs when they find their right. Earth. That's why they're finding carcasses. They're, being, they're coming out of the uh, permafrost, and you can eat the meat. Yeah. It's been 12,000 years old. Because it was refrigerated. Frozen. Yeah, it was flash frozen. Freeze dried. Wow. Yeah, it was flash Freeze frozen. Dry. Yeah. Now, I bet you wouldn't right even now. feel it. I know. There's a project no, now that uh, they found some uh, infant carcasses uh, from mammoths. And they're working now to extract germ cells from them. And they're going to try to they're going to try to create an embryo that they will implant into an elephant. See if they can oh bring the mammoths back. Oh Oh, Jurassic Park all over. Oh, here we No wonder God's going to kill us. We're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but they're not. Hey, but they're not being stupid enough to do it with a carnivore. Oh, They're not going to revive the Smilodon saber-toothed cat. Thank God. They're not going to do that. But, you know, the but they're going to be next. <laughs> I don't think anyone get, is stupid enough. Get me off this planet now. <laughs> I'm out of here now. Yeah, I clicked my heels know. together and nothing happened. See, that's how cold it got that quickly and it stayed that way. And up in the Arctic area, the wow. uh, well, they stayed frozen. 
fact, a lot of the times, a lot, uh, the way they usually find those carcasses is uh, they'll notice uh, wolves eating the ground. Oh. The carcass has been partially exposed and partially thawed, and the wolves find it, and they start eating it. Ah. That's how they find it. Huh. Well, there was a picture I saw of a polar bear that was stuck out on an ice floe, and it looked, I've never seen a polar bear so gaunt. Did anybody ever hear what the story was on that polar bear? I've never been able to find it. I never was either. I think it was a hoax. Yeah. To, to, to show about the global warming. But, but they did a, uh, uh, an international survey has been done very quietly of the polar bear populations in the Arctic Circle. This includes uh-huh. Russia, Alaska, Canada, and Europe. Where all, all, you know, northern Sweden, northern Norway, where they have polar bears. And there's more polar bears now than there was uh, 20 years ago. They're not increasing, but they're not depleting. No, they're increasing. Oh, oh the, I, I heard you say they're not, uh, what I heard for me was that they're not lost. A great number. Yeah, well, no. But they yeah. are increasing. Oh, cool. Yeah. More now than there was 20 years ago. Wow. See, I didn't get the more. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Three years ago, uh, a rancher from uh, Montana went up to Canada, up into the Yukon Territory, and, and uh, he got a permit, you know, for a, a polar bear. And it took him a month to get it, a month out on the ice, you know, ice and out in the tundra, in the cold. Uh-huh. And it was a fair kill. He, you know, they hunted on foot, and the bear had as much chance to get him as he did to get the bear. Right. The guide, you know, they found the bear, and they stalked it. And the guide said, okay, it's a good one. Shoot it. And he shot and killed the bear. Well, he got a summons. From the court, up from the, one of the one of the courts up there, uh, to appear for a criminal charge, and because you know they they were saying he shot the wrong species. What? What he shot was a hybrid between a polar bear and a grizzly bear. Oh my god! Unknown. And the skull has the features of both species, and that's what gave it away. So the, the biologists up there now are now look, actively looking for those hybrids so they can, so they can classify them. But this yeah. is the only one that's been found. So what happened to the guy that shot one of these oh, things? Everything was done legally. So the guide, you know, it was in the, opinion of the professional opinion of the guide that uh, you know, it was a polar bear. You know, from you know, from a distance of a hundred yards, uh, you know, he, his binoculars told him that you know, yeah, that's polar bear. That's what we're after. Go ahead, take it. Okay. All the meat went to a, a, an Eskimo tribe. He got the head and the cape. That's what he wanted. 
because all the meat, was, the, none of the meat was wasted. The tribe got the, the claws from it and all this good stuff. You know. Yes, come on, try. And if they were going to take him to court yeah, for the fact they, that no one even knew that it was what it was. Right. But, you know, hmm. they, they had to, they had, they really had to go into the DNA laboratories to get an oh. identification of the species, and it was a hybrid. I wonder how many of them there are. That's what they're looking for. Wow. That's what they're trying to figure out. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. But, you know, that no one ever conceived that, that uh, a polar bear and a grizzly bear would mate and have mm-hmm. viable young. Yeah. Yeah. That is incredible. It, and since, uh, since bears usually have two or three cubs at a time, mm-hmm. There's others out there. And, of course, they will pass on the traits. Right. Well, what, and hopefully what Mommy and Daddy know? got married and are still together producing babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, the males, the males only mate and then they leave. They, they yeah. don't uh, make life. You know, they're, they're random mating. The strongest oh. bear, the strongest male, the strongest boar is the one who mates. Oh. And the losers leave. They don't kill each other, but the losers are defeated by a bigger, stronger, or smarter bear. So it is, you know, it's a it's a Darwinian thing. <laughs> the strong mate and pass their genes on, and the weak don't, because the weak yeah. can't compete with the stronger bears. Interesting. And the females just stay there. And they wait to see who wins. Yeah. Go, Charlie. Go, Mary. <laughs> yeah. And they're not prejudiced. That was white and black. That is so cool. They're not racist. <laughs> so, you know, the, the biologists up in Canada are, are looking, and, and in Alaska, they're looking for them. Wow. And the, the, uh, the Eskimo tribes have been told, because the Eskimo tribes are sustenance hunters. They're allowed to take a, take a certain number of whales every year, and they're allowed to take walruses where white men aren't allowed to, unless they have special permits from the state of Alaska or the, or the Canadian Fish and Game Commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like permits. the Native American. That's like the Native Americans are the only ones that are allowed to have, like, you know, any bird of prey feathers and parts of those animals. Yeah. Part of their part of their religion. Their heritage and stuff, yep. Yeah. And when Fish uh, uh, and Game makes an arrest of people who have been trafficking in eagle feathers and eagle claws and things of that nature, those are turned over to the tri- Indian tribes in the area. They're not going to, you know, they're dead. The animals are dead anyway. No. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just don't destroy them, you know. And the, you know, and the Indians, you know, that's their religion. Part of their religion. I don't know if you guys heard about the lady that had made, like, a dream catcher that had eagle feathers and she sent it to the president of the United States and her ass was arrested. (laughs) How could you be so stupid? You know, you you I mean, 
really to not know that, that it's illegal to have that stuff, even if you find roadkill, you know, you yeah. cannot take those feathers and to make something out of it and send it to the President of the United States, you don't think you're going to get yeah. caught? When we took the carcass of a coyote body off the Indian reservation and brought it back to the women's drop-in shelter where I lived and put it in my freezer because it was dead, we just wanted the carcass, we wanted the coat, right? Well, Mm -hmm. the manager of the shelter found out it was in my freezer. I was moving out anyway, so I really didn't give a heck. But uh, we got in trouble for it. And Mary had to take it off somewhere else to skin it. I didn't go with her. I thought the whole thing was a bunch of crap anyway. And I didn't want to get in trouble. And I would never picked it up. Mary didn't tell me it was illegal to take it off the Indian reservation. Oh, dear. So, see, and... Well, to get arrested that way, then she must have had. They must have gone and found proof that they were killing eagles and had that, you know. Because don't eagle feathers fall off the eagle when they're flying? Don't they shed their feathers sometimes? Most sometimes, yeah. They they do, but it's still illegal to have them. You cannot have have them because because they they can't prove that it just fell off the eagle, or if you killed the eagle to get the feathers. They can't prove that, so they just make it totally illegal. I mean, hawks, um, eagles, owls, all of those birds of prey, you cannot have any of those feathers at all, or claws, or any of that stuff. And the only way you can own it or have it is if a Native American has given it to you as a gift. Then you yeah. can have it, but be but yeah. you better you know, damn well sure have proof yeah. that that was given to you. <laughs> wow! And they and they know that, so they're you know they're going to give you proof, you know that it's you know it's an authentic gift. There'll be paperwork across the transaction. Yeah, right. Are there just certain kinds of hawks or all hawks? All any any bird of prey, any bird of prey. So I could have. Oh, oh I better be quiet. Of course. <laughs> well, um, songbirds already. Songbirds are um, can't have. Archer, if you're an archer and you make your own arrows from scratch to include stone points and carve out the bow yourself and everything else, just use turkey feathers. <laughs> Right. They work just as well. <laughs> yeah. No, and but they, I have hawks form in here and get my little birds that I feed. And so occasionally I pick up a feather or two, and I'm not. <laughs> Songbirds, you can't have those either. Why? Because, because they're, I don't know, so, um, they're, they're not... Well, it's kind of like okay, Illinois. There, our our state bird is cardinals, and nice. yeah, they're cool birds. I'll get them yeah. out here in my yard, you know. But you, it's, it's, they're interested in that in that space. It's not that they're you know going to be extinct or anything. They're they're protected. Um, as birds that you know 
people, so people aren't going out and shooting them to get them or something, you know? Right, right. You know, type of thing. But there's, I guess, the populations of, like, turkeys and chickens and stuff like that are so so numerous that, you know, they have to allow we humans as horrible beings to go out and shoot something, I guess. Well, especially if you're you're have no food, that is a very viable right. meal. And, and, and I, right, and I think that's kind of where the distinction may come. If, mm-hmm. it's, if it is edible, you know, like turkeys, chickens, duck, um, you know, all of those kinds of birds, um, they can be eaten. But you're mm-hmm. not going to go out and kill a songbird to eat it. You're not right. going to go out and kill a bird of prey to eat it. So if it's edible, I would say that would be more of the distinction. But, you know, most people don't think the songbirds are included in that, you know. Uh, is it illegal to kill a thing. songbird? Probably, yeah. The, I mean, they're protected. That you then can't when my cat them. kills a songbird... Yeah. Oh, better and I go put it in the dumpster. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, My cat no, is a I criminal mean, now. Well, they can uh, probably yeah. tell the difference if a cat or something kills a bird. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, I, I wanted to but, tell you about the lizard. I, uh, a week ago, I told you about the poor lizard and his frozen screen oh. that he'd had and everything like that. And I thought the cat ate it before this last rain. I found that poor lizard. The cat hadn't eaten it. Oh. And I'm like, oh, Mama, you were supposed to eat that, not leave the carcass here, that poor lizard. So I took it and I put it in with the poop and I dumped it over (laughs) with the poop so he has a nice place to grow. Is he dead? You you bought a frozen lizard carcass to feed your cat? No, no. We had a lizard that was running around my, our front, the little front door we had here, and um, he was he was so delighted with running up and down around the, the doorway. Well, I guess one day Mama got tired of seeing him and took him, and 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 that poor lizard was like. With his mouth open, his head oh. rolled back, and it was like, oh, that's what a silent scream looks like. <laughs> Did you ever yeah. stop to think that that oh. might be you from the ninth dimension, Wonderland? Kind <laughs> uh, <laughs> <no. laughs> of like a bug on a windshield. Yeah. Oh dear. You just let your cat so, kill one of your lives. <laughs> that's so, it. So that's you thought the cat had taken it and eaten it, but it just killed it and left it there? Is that what it did? Yeah, that's what uh, she did. She played with yeah. it until it didn't play back anymore. Oh, I had that in the middle of the night with a mouse about, oh, oh my God. And I finally got up after the noise stopped. And yes, indeed, but she didn't eat it, and it was half grown, and I picked it up, and I flushed it down the toilet, and I went, oh, my God. And I had, and then I got some decon, and everything seems to be fine now. Yeah, well, I have to watch the decon, because Mama will go down there, and I 
She takes care of any Denise's that are in the the, he, yeah. no, the house. Well, I know so. where the mice are coming in, so I know where to put the decon, and the cat doesn't go there. Bruce doesn't, partic- Bruce doesn't particularly like to get up to see the decon on, in the middle of the stove, but they come up through my burners. Well, you know what? You know how you solve that. Decon yeah. actually makes a very nice mouse trap. That it, you don't have to touch it. All you do is push the lever down. It sets the trap. It looks like a little mouse hotel. They run in there and smack, and they're dead. They're not live things that you have to, you know. <laughs> they may. I think they do make some that you can turn them loose. But why? They're just going to be back in my house again. Right. Right. Um, well, but. These decon mouse traps, you just pull up the little front part, hold it, release the lever, and the mouse falls off into the toilet, which is very good for your septic tank, by the way. It really? adds that bacteria. But uh, you don't have to put the poisonous stuff out. You know, the, I think, I mean, do you, do you know what happens to those mice when they eat that decon? It is a horrible, well, torturous death. Oh, the, wow. They, they, um, they eat that stuff, and then they go back, and they it's, it's when they drink the water. It's when they drink it's water. Warfarin. Oh, yeah, they make warfarin out of it, isn't it? I'll, yeah, it, they bleed to death. Oh, God. Okay, stop, stop. Well, clear that. Okay. Don't, don't use the poison stuff. It's okay. horrible. Okay. But on, on on the defense of that for, an, for other animals... Um, and I found this out because I actually had um, my dog actually decided to eat a box of decon. I'm going, Uh-oh. you've got to be. Oh, no. Yeah, he got into it, and I'm going, oh, no. That dog had nine lives, and he still died of an old age. He he ate um, a box of decon. Well, in his lifetime, he ate a box of decon, survived. He ate two loaves of bread in one sitting, survived. He ate a box of, a big box of heart chocolates from Valentine's Day and survived. He got hit oh by a car God. and survived. Oh, yeah, this, this dog, I had him from a puppy and he died of old age. <laughs> I can't oh, my. But Bruce he lived 13 the- years. But what the vet said that they... That a mouse body is so yeah. much smaller, and mm-hmm. it's going to affect them a whole lot more. He said, "What what you need to do is, you know, just keep an eye, make sure they don't get cut or anything like that. But their body will process a little bit different. And as far as eating a mouse that has eaten decon, yeah, it's it, it, the the uh, I, I guess you could refer to it as a half life type of thing." Um, once the mouse has eaten it, then the strength of that is not going to hurt an animal that eats that mouse. Because um, that's what Bruce said to me. What if the cat eats the mouse that had the decon? I said, what if she can get sick by just playing with it to death? So, yeah. Time to um, get rid of the decon. Yeah, yeah okay. it, it it should. I mean, I, I it's not 100%. I mean... There's always exceptions to the rule, so you don't want you don't want to put if you know you've got a cat that's going to eat mice or play with it or whatever, don't put poisonous decon out, you know. 
And I but only there, get there one are... mouse or two mouse a year, so it's not like I've got seven million of them running around in well, here actually, or something. Actually, they say if you see one mouse, there's at least 20 somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So They're coming from all over. Yeah, so, you know, watch it. Um, but get the mouse traps that will take care of the mouse. I mean, I, when I put one of those mouse traps out, I'll... I'll find where the mouse is deciding to like its best place, and it's usually in a plastic drawer somewhere. You know, whether it's baggies, whether it's Tupperware, whether it's huh. spatulas, they love eating plastic, and I don't know oh. why. But hmm. uh, usually the drawer I find them in, if, it, if it's got plastic in it, you know, you can probably find a mouse has been there. But that's where I'll put it. Or if I do see them, you know, constantly running across my stove, I'll put one either on the stove or close to it because when you turn the stove on, it's going to get hot and then it's not going to be Oh, I don't leave it on there. I take it away in the morning. But I think I'm in a, I'm taking it. And you know what? The bark of econ was left over. It was here, and that's why I grabbed it and used it. So I won't do it no more, okay? Patty, <laughs> yeah. the thing is, when you use these mouse traps, you have to leave it there until the mouse... Oh, I know. I, I understand that. But taking it away in the, in the daytime is not going to solve the issue. I'm talking about the decon. Oh, Now, decon. I did so get mouse, mouse traps one time that and I'll never use these again, that was sticky, and the mouse would get on it, and it would Those stick. Those are bad. Those are bad. That's, that's torture. And then it only got one foot stuck, so it was running yeah. around under my cupboard with his mouse stuck <laughs> on his leg. Yeah. Well, see, they're they're trying to, well, let, let's not kill the mouse. Well, <laughs> no, let's just torture it to death. <laughs> yeah. See? All right, let's see. No, I, I, it's like taking <laughs> flies and pulling the wings off of it, but leaving the fly alive. Well, what good is that? You know? Um, but you can, you know, be be the least humane about it, you know? And these, these decon mouse traps, they're, they're really nice. It's just a little, okay. big enough hole, you put a little peanut butter. Peanut butter works wonderful, by the way. I know. Just, you know, take a toothpick and put some mm. little peanut butter in the little cup that's in there. Pull down the lever. You'll feel it latch. Set it in, and you know, sometimes you got to be careful because <laughs> might scare the bejeebies out of you because it'll snap and. You oh know, God! I used but, to set real mice traps, real mouse traps. And we would pile them down Patty, so they would be... Patty, can I finish, please? Patty, let, let Arthur finish. I'm sorry. <laughs> when when you take the mouse out of these things, even even when the mouse is in there, your hands are totally clean. It's totally clean wherever the you've set this trap. So you can have it up on your counter. You can have it on your stove. Although if you're going to use your stove, I'd take it off. But, um, you know, you don't you don't ever touch the mouse, even emptying it. That's setting cool. it. it, you never touch it, and and it's humane because it instantly kills the mouse. It's not going to be running around, you know, yeah. flopping with with fly trap paper on it, and you know, full of warfare, and that even they're going to cause them to internally bleed, hemorrhage. You know, that's horrible death. You know, I don't care if it is. And a to mouse. think I have a pet spider 
and I'm doing this to the mice. Oh, God, am I a mess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what we've been taught to that's what we've been taught to do. I mean, give me a break and and that's all you've been taught to do is put those out like that. Yeah. And they don't want you to know that it's an inhumane way. Yeah. Well, so I, I now you know to... and you're do- gonna change, that's all. Okay. Yeah, and I, I try to put myself, you know, even though I mean, it, it's an animal. Yeah, it's it can carry disease, but if you're not really living in a disease-infested place, they're not carrying disease. They're, it's just kind of disgusting. You know, they do leave their mouse poop. My my mom mm-hmm. used to call it mouse tracks. <laughs> That's how lot, you know, lot, and lot, I haven't lot, seen lot any nicer. of that. Let them finish, Pat, and let finish, But you find where they are running and, and put the mouse mm-hmm. trap in the way of that line because they're, they're usually not going to go around it. They're not going to think, oh, this is an obstacle in my way. I better go around it because it's going to kill me if I go in there. No, they're going <laughs> to they're gonna go towards the smell of the food that you put in there. And they're going to be unsuspecting, you know, of, of what's going to happen to them. But at least it's humane doing it. They're killed instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think I had one out of all the mice I've killed with these that kind of struggled a little bit, but it didn't last very long. But, you know, the, the warfare and the trap papers and, you know, now there, there are some that are actually just traps. You know, the mouse goes in, it's kind of like in a little cage and you take it out and you, you turn it loose, which is fine if you've got, if you're living out in the woods somewhere where it may not actually come back into your house. Um, mm-hmm. But this other stuff, it, it's just, it's horrible. Okay. These are these are little animals, you know. People people okay. go to the store and buy a mouse as a pet. <laughs> Can we not talk about mice anymore? No, I guess. No. I'm sick I of this subject. I want to talk about mice. They're cute. They really are I'm cute. I'm hanging and up you know now. What? Goodbye. And you know what I've discovered? Did she really hang up? <laughs> did she really hang up? Yeah, yeah she did. Oh my gosh, Patty. <laughs> but I've noticed the the coats um, from field mice to house mice, they're uh-huh. different. Are they house really? Mice. Yeah, you can you can tell the difference in the coat of the oh. mice. I can't believe, she, I can't believe she hung up. Good grief! Oh yeah, she does. <laughs> she does it periodically. It's cool. Well, I'm sorry. I made her hang up. Yeah. No, you're, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> you come back. My years ago had a tomcat, a big black tomcat. He was the most contrary and ornery cat I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, she was living pretty near where I am now. The uh, back across the uh, fence from the property was all sagebrush. And Sambo would go out in there at night. He, 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 well, he'd want out at sundown. He wouldn't be back till the next morning. And he always left a pile of mice for his <laughs> being nice, present. And present. he was a real killer. He didn't eat them, he just killed them. <laughs> and there wasn't a single mouse inside that house. Because Sambo was there during the day. 
They knew to stay away from that joint. (laughs) You know, I was watching a documentary once on, well, not really a documentary. It was like how to get to know your cat type of thing. And Mm -hmm. they were talking about, you know, why cats will bring uh, dead prey, you know, to to your house. They do. Yeah, they, and we always think that they're giving us a gift. Well, this guy was saying that's not really what they're doing. They're not giving you a gift. They are trying to, they realize that humans are bad hunters, and they are teaching us how to hunt. And they are saying, this, this is how it's done. You know, you go oh out and you, get it, you bring it home, you know. <laughs> that oh is a very God. interesting take on it, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the cat is. Realizing we're stupid. <laughs> so they go out and get it for us and show us this is how it's done. Oh, I mean, that is awesome, you know. Oh, a terrific way of looking at that. It is a yeah. different way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, and those that, you know, keep getting more and more gifts, so to speak, just aren't getting it. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't learned it yet. You're gonna get yeah. more. <clears throat> I think that was Someday you will, but it isn't yeah. today. It isn't so here's today. another teaching lesson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor babies. They must get really frustrated with us. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Uh, funny. I, I really like looking at, at it that way because it's really. Wow, that is very interesting, you know, because cats are a smart species. <laughs> now, whether they actually, actually have a logic, I mean, it's like them teaching their babies how to hunt. Well, we're right. their humans, so they got to teach us how to hunt, too. And now, whether they actually think, boy, you're really stupid, you don't know how to do this. <laughs> but little do we know, we will, we will take on that responsibility and say, yes, I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Orpha, uh, didn't you know that our, our dogs and cats, didn't you know that they're here to watch us and protect us, that they know that we can't do anything without their help? Didn't you know that? I kind of figured that one. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need a lot of help. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fun. And the biggest thing with both, both with all the animals, is that they are so clever. Yeah, I mean, look at we've talked about the animals. Of I don't know if it was you, Colin, or someone said their dog walking down the the driveway saw them off. They didn't know what they did during the day, but when school bus came, he was there at the driveway. How did he know? They're yeah. the bus, and they they know what it is. But it, it's the idea that my my dogs are just so hysterical. When it's dinner time, they want it then. Yesterday, I did, oh, I I did such a bad thing yesterday. My son invited me over to. We first went to a German uh, church thing. I call it high tea, and uh, they had. Um, a church service all in German. And uh, the 
pastor, this gentleman they invited, who was a pastor, I guess, in some church down near Myrtle Beach, and he spoke German. And so he said it all in German, and then uh, he translated into English. And, you know, my daughter-in-law was very critical of it and everything. I thought it was great that I could hear what he was saying in German. Well, me in English, you know. (laughs) And all the songs were in German. And so we're we're going from about quarter to three, three o'clock to, uh, and then we go to my son's house. My daughter-in-law fixed a really nice ham dinner and all this other stuff. And we opened some presents. I didn't get home until 9.30 or quarter to 10. (laughs) And these dogs I hadn't fed. I thought, well, I'll feed them when I get home. I'll be home about eight. 10 o'clock. They had their dinner and they wolfed it all down. Then I had to take them out so that they could go potty and poopy like I usually do at 4 or 4.30. And so Jakey's still out there sleeping. He got me up at 3.15, which was his 8 o'clock call. And uh, I took him out and he went potty. And I, I, I just didn't want him running around because I hadn't had all the sleep. And so he's out there still sleeping on the front porch because it's so warm here and he's just sawing away and the other two are laying down and sleeping away too. It's like, okay, I've screwed up your whole schedule now. (laughs) Well, and you know what's fun about that? And I I say fun (laughs) because it's with my dog too. I, I feed her usually, uh, 5.30, 5.30, something like that. Uh-huh. But night, days when I am babysitting and I'm away, I don't get home till like 7 o'clock. So I, I try oh, to wow. stay close within, you know, a couple hours of that range. But sometimes I don't get home till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Wow. And you know what? She still loves me. Yeah, you know? That's right. <laughs> like, that's right. Okay. She's just, oh, yes, you did come home. <laughs> You're gonna feed me, yay! Yay, yay! I got they're not this. saying. They're not saying. I am so pissed off at you because you didn't feed me at five thirty when I was ready for it. You know, right, there's, none right. of, there's none of that going on. They they still love you. Well, the thing is, the cat was pissed at me. You should have <laughs> seen her temper tantrum out there. She wasn't going to acknowledge me. She sat on the log, and I said, come on, Mama, time to go in to have dinner. And she wouldn't even turn her head. I accidentally forgot to feed my cat one day. I'm going, you know, I I was in a hurry doing stuff, and I usually have my morning routine where I take the dog out and feed the cat. Because my dog eats only once a day. My cat eats once a day, too, but he's a... He's a nibbler, so he he doesn't scarf it all down. He, you know, mm-hmm. I have it where he has to run out in the middle of the night, so he gets some kind of break from you know continuous eating. But um, I, I apparently forgot to feed him. You know, he, he's going around meowing at me when I was you know home, and I'm going, "Boy, you sure are being talkative." <laughs> going about my business. I'm going about my business. <laughs> I go to bed, and all of a sudden. I'm hearing this rustling of the, I I have, you know, some of the cat food bags that I use for kitty litter and stuff. You know, used <laughs> kitty litter, I keep it in there. Anyway, I'm having this 
other bag, this bigger bag, and I'm hearing him getting into that bag and just rustling around and just, you know, and I'm going, I don't remember feeding him today. He's pissed now because I he realizes I've gone to bed and he ain't getting any food. <laughs> trying to get food. And so I got up and I fed him and then he calmed down. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot to feed my kitty. Oh Yeah. That is was, so funny. But that but then, you know, he came in and just snuggled right up and went to sleep, right? He comes in and sleeps with me. Until oh, I fall asleep and then he goes somewhere else and sleeps. <laughs> it's, well, see, my cat will come in. Oh, well, see, your cat's good. She lets you sleep. My cat will come in and need me all the time. And I'm like, go away, cat. Yeah. She's he, he likes so he likes needy. Yeah, my cat likes to do the exercises, his claws. You know, not not trying to scratch, but just doing that kneading thing. On my arm, mm-hmm. and if I haven't if I haven't clipped his claws, <laughs> it's like oh my god! That so I'll I'll tap his paw, and he'll go at it again. I'll tap his paw, and eventually he'll quit doing it. But oh, okay. uh, actually, actually, I don't I don't even really tap it. I just kind of grab it. He doesn't like me grabbing his paws, so I'll just kind of mm-hmm. t- try to take a hold of it, and he gets mm-hmm. tired of that, so he quits doing it. <laughs> oh good. So maybe I ought to try that. Try just you know taking a hold of your cat's paws when she's doing that, well, maybe she'll quit needing you. Maybe. Be K-N a good instead of not this N. Painful. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is painful, I know. Yeah. And they don't realize that they've just stuck their nail in Hello, I'm not your dinner. <laughs> or your scratching post. I know. Oh, she is so funny. When she wants her food, she'll swat me. <laughs> she said, you're not giving it to me fast enough, ding dong. And I'm like, I'm trying to. I really am. I'm trying to. <laughs> but yeah, she, mine just, she's a kicker. Yeah, mine just likes to look at me and meow. Look me straight in the eyes and go, meow. Mm. <laughs> Just sit there and meow and keep looking at me. Yeah, until I figure out what it is telling me. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, there's some cartoons. They're pen and ink cartoons on the animation. It's called mm-hmm. Simon's Cat. And they are absolutely hilarious. There's a whole bunch of them. Simon's cat. Simon's cat. I'll go look. Who's Simon? He draws them up and he, he makes them. And he does it himself and he posts them there. And they're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna I crack saw, up. <laughs> yeah, I saw. Yeah, I'll, I'll go look for him. Um, I saw this one YouTube video someone put up of their two cats, and the two cats are taking their paws and and. Like doing a a, hand, a paw slap thing, you know, kind of like playing patty cake. Well, they did this mm-hmm. with two of the the you know the owners saying patty cake, patty cake, right? And and then <laughs> the voices were going like, "Oh man, you didn't do it right." Okay, now we got to start all over again. And it was right with the cats either 
stopping or messing up or something. It was so cute. It was just like playing to patty cake. <laughs> I know some of those YouTube video things can really be interesting. Yeah, they really take your focus off of a lot of stuff. It's great. What was it? I was just going to say they give us the giggles for the day, that's all. That's right. Um, Norma has sent me some really nice pictures. I hope I've sent some of them on. I can't remember. I try and touch which ones I have been sending on. But they are so funny for the fat or even just beautiful thoughts of animals taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, with little Jakey being so in disrepair because of his age, he is um, he's able to do certain things, but our cat goes over and she starts licking him to give him a bath. And she goes, oh, you stink. And even if I've given him a bath, because he has a little thing on his neck that I can't quite get uh, dealt with. But he's, um, he's definitely being taken care of by this cat. And I'll ask her, I'll say, oh. you, watch, you watch Jakey, I've got to go get Simon. Well, Simon comes out, and Simon has a definite problem. He calls the cat a dog. And so the dog is in his way. And because the dog is in his way, he can't go out and go poopy and potty. So you should hear the, the, the ritual I have to go. Come on, Simon. Come on. Follow Peppy. Follow Peppy. And he gets so confused. It my, real. Yeah, my dog and cat, they are... It is so interesting to really watch the animals because we can learn so much from them. My dog and cat will play. My cat is about the same size as my dog. Uh, My dog is huskier, but from nose to tail tip, they are the same length. The Mm -hmm. shoulder height, they're the same height. Um, But, of course, my dog is stockier. She's got the dog body. Where the cat is more a cat body, but they're 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 matched. Anyway, my cat will pounce on the dog. You know, she'll he'll he'll stalk my dog. You know, <laughs> we're waiting around a corner, and the dog walks by, and he pounces on him, on her. Um, one time he was coming out of his room. I have a gate up, so the dog won't go in and eat his food. But he came out and he hit the gate. Bounced off of it, off of the dog's back. <laughs> the floor coming out of there. But what's funny about these two is the cat, and the dog will do it to the cat too, but they'll go up and preen each other around the throat, right. you know, the neck, around the back. You know, the cat will be making this kind of noise and while licking, licking the dog's back as his paws are around, you know, the dog's neck. And then all of a sudden, bite him. <laughs> bite her. <laughs> okay, that's a sneak attack. And the dog does the same thing. He'll, he'll go and, you know, she'll go and just kind of nibble, you know. But they they don't hurt each other. You know, they they could. They could hurt each other if they wanted to. But they don't. They, they just play, but they both do this funny. It is so funny because my cat really looks like a lion. Looks like a miniature lion. He's got this 
he he's a long haired um I mean they like well no he he looks like the um the tabby, the red haired tabby mm-hmm. which I the to me it's kind of a yellowy orangey color but mm-hmm. they call it, they call it red hair. But you know, it's long hair and he's he's got the main coon in him, so that's why he's bigger. Um mm-hmm. about as big as a dog. But they're matched in size and temperament, so it's like in fact, I think the, the cat actually helped the dog, but the cat rules because my dog will go in and her bed is in, in the bedroom right next to the bed and she sleeps in it until the cat decides he wants to sleep in it and the dog is out of here. I mean, he gets some, somehow or another, he gets the dog out of her bed and he takes the bed. <laughs> but I have to scoot the dog, the cat out of the dog's bed so the dog can come back to bed. I'm going, what's up with that dog? You can get the cat out of the bed. Why do you do? Why do you let her let him do that? So funny. They they don't. They know those claws. Those claws are vicious. Yeah. Well, I, and I think I think you know they. Even though my I've had my dog longer, you know she should be the hierarchy. You know. You know their hierarchical uh, position. Mm-hmm. You know she should be the one that should be ruling. But that cat came in; he, he took over. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and she she allowed it. And I think that's because she is a very submissive dog. I think she was ready. You know she doesn't mind having somebody else rule her world. Although she does like to sit on my feet and lean up against my legs, which is a dominant behavior. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't let your dogs be doing that because they're they're telling right. you they own you when they do that. That's right. um, yeah. So I I kick her. I don't kick her, but I you know scoot her away when she's doing that. <laughs> but it, it's so funny to watch them. But yeah, the cat rules the house. The, the, well, the saying the cat the, rules and uh, the dog rules is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you ever hear the definition of one of? My teachers is a Toastmaster, and he was, um, you know, part of the Toastmasters uh, program at a meeting is to tell the biggest lie or some whatever might be the contention yeah. at that time. It's to not say your ahs and ers and stuff and think on your feet. So one day the, the question was, what is the difference between a cat and a dog? This gentleman got up and he said, a dog loves you. A cat is the boss. Yeah. <laughs> they may love you, but they're the boss. You're, you're they the boss. are the boss. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> yeah. And that is true. I mean, my cat will come around. When he, when he wants to be loved on, petted, Lay next to you. It, it's got a, It's his decision. It's not mine. <laughs> I right. can pick him up and hold him, but if he doesn't want to be there, the minute I let go of him, he's out of here. But, he's out of there. Yeah, but he'll he'll come up and he'll lay on my on my leg and just lay there. And I may yeah. be petting him, but if he's tired of me petting him, like leave me alone. I don't want that. I just want to lay here. He'll leave. <laughs> that's, yeah. not I, that's not what I want. Just leave me alone. Well, my cat comes, she comes in and she pees in the house. <laughs> so then she gets ostracized and she knows she did it wrong and she gets ostracized. 
And because it takes me so long to get rid of the smell. Oh, I know. And, you know, one thing that I learned that I... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say one thing that I learned that I didn't think was... I didn't know was that, you know, I always thought male cats were the ones that that, that marked territory, you know, mm-hmm. and would spray. And that getting them fixed, you know, takes care of that. Mm-hmm. However, not necessarily. My cat is fixed and he doesn't normally spray, but when he gets stressed out, he will spray. And yes, it mm-hmm. takes forever to, I mean, it, I've got a couch that is proof of that. Uh, not a couch, but it's like a chair couchy thingy. Um, which is basically his because <laughs> unless I put a blanket on, he can't stand to sit there and smell it. But um, but female cats will mark their territory too, and they will yep. they will they will spray, and it makes sense. I mean, out in the wild, that's what they do. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. way they communicate with each other. But <clears throat> even getting but getting them fixed does not necessarily take care of that issue. I always thought it did. But, yeah, the female cat, so that's what she's doing. She's probably coming in and marking her territory, saying, this is my house, this is my place, you don't, no one else is going to come in here and, you know, claim this territory, this is mine. (laughs) But but have you tried putting, like, kitty litter in your house so that she's got a place to go instead of just marking her? Well, well, that's so much of the kitty litter is so abusive that I just really haven't really found any kitty litter you know, that I could afford. Oh, could afford. Let's put it that way, because yeah, just, oh. there's some that I found that I I really like, and it's um, being kitty litter. I don't mind using it, but it's made totally of of corn husk. Um, it's really mm-hmm. ground up. It's it's not. It does still have dust, but not quite as bad. It's not too bad for being expensive, but it's, I mean, it's not the cheapest, of course, but mm-hmm. it's not the clay, and it's not, you know, I don't know, I've, I have, I, I, I like the corn thing. I mean, you could go, if you've had a grinder, you could grind up your own corn cobs, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether they're GMO or not, it doesn't matter at that point, you know, <laughs> They're getting yeah, peed they on. They're getting peed yeah. pooped on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> kind of, kind of appropriate, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, they should the, be peed on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the corn actually, and it's got a. At first, I didn't really care for the smell of it, but I've gotten kind of used to it, and now it's kind of like a fresh, clean type of smell. You know, that's why mm-hmm. I look at it. But you know, I'll I'll get a big bag so I can put like a three or four inch layer in the bottom of the litter box, and mm-hmm. um, I I clean it out every day. But then when it starts when it starts losing its clumpiness, then mm-hmm. I'll just add a little bit more to it and mix it in, and it, it's right right back. So it really saves on having to totally empty the litter box every time it's not working anymore. And adding the new keeps the the smell down. I used with the clay ones, I used to put, you know, a powdered deodorant in with it, but what that started doing was taking away the clumpiness of the litter. And 
it wasn't working as well. But anyway, that's a that's a thought you can try. Well, I used hey, a guys. pine. They had a pine thing. Hey, down hey, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Merry Xmas. Yeah. Merry Xmas. <laughs> Merry Xmas. Yeah. Maybe, Get your yeah. extra right here and I, I, step up, step up. I never, I never could figure out how they managed to take Christ and turn it into an X. I'm not quite sure on that one yet, but I'm sure they didn't either. But people picked it up because it was, well, it was easy. The, Go ahead. <laughs> I was to say the hijacking of the wasn't Christmas the pagan holiday. You guys already talked about this. It is you? a pagan holiday. Yeah. Yeah. So did you yeah, guys Richard go over? Martin, Go no. ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, we've well, just been just talking about mice and cats and all kinds of different sub subject matter this morning. Wow. But Richard uh Martin brought up the point of uh the actual fact of the holiday is a Roman holiday. Mhm. With the solstice and all the rest of the stuff. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. And, well it makes that was sense. Hurt. It makes sense that it's a Roman holiday. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Um, yeah. And would that mean that that was, that was a pagan thing, right? So if it was Roman, is that there would be pagan, like Gentiles, right? And not really for Christ, Christmas. So then, like, how did it get its name Christmas? I think the Christianity came in and somehow adopted that religion, didn't they? Well, I was told that I don't know how to find the research on this, but this is it's a good point that I think that uh, people overlook. I did for a while that 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 uh, paganism, which was the Christmas, was originally a pagan holiday, yep. and that it was uh, take basically the same thing that the, the Zionists Jews did. They did to Christmas. They did to the Christian religion as well. Um, yeah, and I've, I've read. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, after you. Whether I'm done. Well, well whatever it is that they did, it went. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, what they, what I read was that they had so written the Bible so that it was all around the Christian, uh, not Christian, pardon me, the pagan rituals. And mm. that's why we are so manipulated by all this today's philosophy of what's going to happen and, uh, you know, St. Thomas, all the other little different people that came along and gave predictions. It's all been manipulated. It's all been manipulated. Exactly. Go ahead. Orpha, go. Yeah. What? I wanted to hear what you were going to say. Um... I think, I mean, I forgot what I was going to say. It wasn't much. It it, it was was very, very little. Well, I mean, oh, I think I was going to say something to the effect that it makes sense that that this would be a Roman thing because wasn't it the Romans that killed Christ on the cross? Maybe it's one of their ways of trying to, Smooth, smooth things over. I don't know. <laughs> well, do unto Caesar as you should do unto Caesar type thing. And he was talking about a totally different attitude of it. And that's part of the mis-manipulation of a lot of it. 
Well, when since we know what we know about you know religions anyway, I think it's all paganism. You know, I mean, it's like it going to church is pagan, <laughs> as far as I know. That's concerned. exactly. That's you know, exactly right. But that doesn't mean. I mean, for me, it doesn't mean that I can't enjoy what I think is the spirit of Christmas, you know, which is, mm-hmm. I, I love the lights and the decorations. I love it. You know, yes, it is a whole bunch of, you know, commercialism, but I'm, you know, I, I can't do anything about that, so why not sit back and enjoy it a little bit? You know, I, I love looking at all that stuff. I love, I in the younger days of my children, they would, you know, make Christmas tree ornaments somewhere along the line, whether it was in school or scouts or whatever. And I've saved all these things. And I and I decorate my, my tree with them. And I had my grandbabies decorate this little, this little t- uh, top tree, tabletop tree that I, I brought out all those homemade decorations my kids had made. And let them go through them and see them and touch them and, you know, see, well, these were made by your daddy. This was made by your Uncle Casey and blah, 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 blah. And they, so they got, they got to decorate the whole, the whole little tabletop tree with all these little decorations. And I took it over to our family gathering thing, you know, and it was quite the conversational piece because my, my sons don't even remember making these things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't remember making that, you know. <laughs> like, it'll get in there and look, you know, bring back some memories. But anyway, my my point being, this is this is what I like about you know Christmas. Uh, yes, it's all definitely harvesting us for sure. Um, but you know, I, I choose not to go there. You know, we can choose how we feel about these things. If we're going to think that, oh, they're harvesting us, they're getting, you know, it's all pagan, it's all blah, 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 blah. That's the way I'm going to feel. I don't want to feel that way. I want to feel good. You know, and I can yeah, choose how I, I want to feel. So I'm going to feel good. <laughs> And I'll, I'll put my own spin on it, and I'll I'll feel good about it. I'll enjoy my grandbabies, which was so fun watching them last night with eight adults. And guess who's in charge? These two little, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. You know, they're, they're the ones in charge of the whole spirit of everything. And to just see their little excitement, you know, <laughs> there's just like one toy my grandson got, you know, at it was a Star Wars thing. My my son gave it to him. You know, his his, his nephew. Uh, my son gave it to his nephew, which is my grandson. He uh, he didn't he didn't know it did anything. So he was just kind of looking at it and kind of squeezing on it. But when somebody actually pushed the button, that it actually did something. His little eyes just lit up like, oh my gosh. Listen to the sound. Look at the lights going, you know. And, I mean, just to see him turn on a flashlight, he gets so excited. He really takes after his dad. But, um, you know, the the I actually took a picture of him. You know, I have some flashlights here. I was trying to, when we had that um, power outage for quite a while, um, I 
found all my flashlights, but some of them I didn't have the batteries for. I had plenty of flashlights. I just didn't have ones for those. So anyway, I just kind of set them there, and I thought, oh, I'll put them out and give them some batteries and let the kids kind of play with them as long as they're not destroying them. Anyway, as soon as he figured out how to turn the lights on, his little eyes just like lit up. It was like get these great big owl eyes and the mouth wide open, you know, and you know, it's like those those little expressions are precious, you know, to me. And seeing how it just you know, then the the wheels start grinding in there and you're going, Oh my gosh, what's going through his head? Um <laughs> last night, you know, my my granddaughter, you know, she's she's sitting there coloring and I'm kind of being really done because I stood way too long cooking the, the meal and I, <laughs> I said, oh, I'm so done. I'm, I have no energy left just kind of kidding around. And, and my granddaughter, four years old, <coughs> she's going, but grandma, you still have enough energy to drive home. <laughs> Where did oh she come God. up with that? <laughs> Where did yeah. you go? <laughs> okay, you keep me on my toes, you know. <laughs> I just had to I just had to crack up because she's you know, no one told her to say that. Mm-hmm. So where is her little brain going to figure out logically that well I may be too tired right now and I'm out of energy to do any more of what I was doing. But I still have to drive home, so I've got to have the energy to do that. Where did she come up with that? Where she did she you? They hear these things, and they they really store them. Because my son, my grandson one time said to my third son, his dad, he said they were redoing a house, and he said to his his dad, you know, he said. Because he's not a carpenter, he's not a plumber, he's not an electrician, he's a he's a number cruncher, he's a CPA. And right. he t- turned and said to his dad, Dad, I think you need to keep your day job. He was only four, uh, but somewhere. Keep your day job. <laughs> <laughs> he had that expression. It was priceless. I mean, he's now a high school senior, but I mean, it was so priceless back at that time. They hear it. You you probably have said to your daughter, oh, I just have enough strength to drive home. Or that that might have come from her mom, more likely than me. You know, her mom might have said, said, I have enough strength to drive home, which could vary a little bit. I can see that her mom saying that. Yeah, you know, last night no one was saying that. It's like, oh my there god. You go. <laughs> yeah, but you got enough energy to drive home. I'm going. Yep. Wow. There you go. Right, because I do have to get home, so I'm going to have to have the energy to muster up to get me there. But right. for it to come out of her That's mouth, awesome. and it's also so their impression. They're impressionable. You know, very oh, impressionable. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> so. That's, I'm just hearing that, just like when you say that they re- responded to you guys like you, it just brings me back to our last conversation where 
Uh, yeah, I told you guys how that little story about my son, where he was dancing behind my back with the vacuum. Mm-hmm. He, you know, kind of being a smartass like I would be, you know, at that age. You know? <laughs> uh, and I was kind of a, but, you know, myself. So It's just funny, though. Yeah, that was a good story. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to look at through it through their eyeballs to yeah. see exactly what they were doing that wasn't really bad. Mm-hmm. How, how many times have you done the same thing to other people? No, it was really good what he was doing, actually, you know, because his expression of himself, you know, I, I regret that I responded negatively, okay, because my feeling now is how joyful it would have been if I would have just smiled so, you know, and really let that moment hit home. Okay, this guy's acting like me. That's really beautiful. Let me go give him a hug instead of mm-hmm. going, to, you know, to, to scold him or reprimand him. And he would have been, he wouldn't have had the memory of me, you know, being a jerk while he's trying well, to vacuum. And, and you know, look, look, look at this, too. How about if when you caught him doing that, you went and grabbed a broom or something and started dancing with him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, he would have really then, I think, you know, said, wow, dad really is. <laughs> but they really made movies my... out of that. Look at uh, Singing in the Rain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, correct. Correct. So, I mean, this is very versatile and very optimum of well, what is life is spontaneity. It isn't all about rigidity. Yeah. I, I sat next to a fellow that in my granddaughter's uh, high school that had the Wizard of Oz, and he sat next to me and he said, well, "You may not know me. I was the wiz. I was the." Scarecrow. Oh. I said, I love the Scarecrow. He was my favorite character because he was so honest. They went that away. No, they went that away. Oh, they could have gone either way. You know? <laughs> and I said, I have used that for years because it's so optimum because of what the Scarecrow stood for. See, the kid really didn't know what the Scarecrow stood for. He didn't know any of the history. Most of them don't. <laughs> They're just doing a play, a silly yeah. play. No, you're not. There was a reason for that story, and you don't know it. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, there's you, always uh, a good... I'm kind of Go young, ahead. too. Maybe I didn't get the underall meaning of that uh, that movie. Was that, it the last? What no, was the oh. movie? I was just going to say that movie is so full packed of underlying hidden meanings. It's like watching The Matrix if you really look at it. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'll try and find in fact, in fact, I actually got stored in some of my files somewhere. Um, I think it was a YouTube video talking about what the Wizard of Oz actually means. It's kind of like watching something that Correct. tells what the Matrix means. 
I don't know if you still have that wonder. But I might still have it. I'll, uh, I'll look for it because the yeah, I'll see if I can find it. story was written by a gentleman in England about the screwing of the people mm-hmm. and how they never even knew they were being screwed left, right, and center. It was never, the yellow brick road is the gold. Yeah. The ruby slippers are the, uh, has a different meaning. It used to be something, another color. I think it was silver slippers because that was all yeah. money. The Wicked Witch of the West was one thing. I mean, it was, yeah. it goes on for every single nuance of that story. And he, he was, he was basically a pauper in the sense that he didn't even have money to feed his own kids, but he was telling the people, this is what's going on around you people. You've got to do yeah. something about it. And it's, mm-hmm. it has so much to it. And the kid didn't know. The kid really well, never knew what it meant. Yeah. Go ahead. And, and, and to make it a kid's story, you know, you know, take the kids and watch this, you know. We're just going to you know, fill your face with egg because this is what we're doing and you don't even see it. But you don't even see it. You mm-hmm. don't even see it. And just like with The Matrix and mm-hmm. watching that show was like, oh my gosh. But well, even watching it, you know, I don't, I don't I don't, think that when my husband took my 10-year-old son at the time, it was his birthday, and my son wanted to do something just with his dad, which pissed me off at the time. I wish I hadn't have acted like that, but I, I was hurt. I wanted to spend some time with my son, too. And, and we all could have gone to the movies, but my son, that's what he wanted, so that's what my dad, my husband did. That was just fine. But, you know, I don't think at that time, my son is now 31 years old, you know, at that time when he was 10, he didn't catch what the whole meaning of the Matrix was. And I don't think my husband did either. You know, it's like, you know, but there was so much talk of it that I wanted to go see it. And finally, I think, what was it, two or three years ago, I finally got to see The Matrix. And then then I found the the whole meaning behind it. But the, the Wizard of Oz, you know, then I find out, okay, The Wizard of Oz has meaning. What? Isn't it just a cute show? No. <laughs> yeah. More than it than Carter has little liver pills. You got it. I mean, it, 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 it's profound how it was yeah. written. Well, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yep. Alice That's another in one. Wonderland is another one with hidden. Yeah. All the, it, it was written at a time when to speak out was not optimum. And they they definitely had to camouflage it. And I, it's Sinclair Lewis, isn't it, that wrote it? Well, Alice in Wonderland, whoever wrote it, I, was I a, basically a professor at the uh, Oxford. And he was trying to mm. tell the kids, and he did it through his nieces and nephews. He never married. And he wrote this story so that they could learn what actually was going on around them. Mm-hmm. And it was profound. Off yeah. with their heads. Off with their heads. Why were their heads being taken off? Because everyone was being coerced into being something they couldn't be. 
There was there was just so much fraud going on, and the, and no one knew about it. No yeah, one and and, it. and I think at the time that Alice in Wonderland came out, it was you know in our generation where drugs were quite heavy in use, <laughs> um, and so it was portrayed. You know, you take the you know you walk through the looking glass, and you take this pill, and you go you get very small. You take that pill, and you get very big. You know. Um, but it was, you know, it's going into the head. But I never did find a big... I knew there was meanings behind the Alice in Wonderland, but I've never seen what that actually is. Um, but I know well, you, I know you, there is. I know there is. I just, I've just never seen it yet. But, you yeah. have to go behind... You have to go back to uh, the 1800s when he actually wrote that. Uh, because okay. at that time is when it was done. Another one is the Twelve Days of Christmas. My the Twelve Days of Christmas is a teaching ritual at the time to be. It was in, and my daughter, my granddaughter, looked it up on her uh, cell phone, and it at the time it was between the fifteenth and the seventeenth centuries. Christians were being persecuted and killed for practicing their religion. Now, I don't know if that was hmm. King Henry. I can't remember. If it, was, if it was the Plantagens, it probably was Henry. But they were being killed, and so in order to continue their uh, learning, they had to sing songs or to teach what was next to learn. And it's the first time I really saw the write-up of what it was. The, uh, the first day of Christmas, my true love bought to me one, um, what was a partridge in a pear tree. Now, that didn't have any quote-unquote significance, but two hummingbirds meant another thing. Three French hens meant another thing. And it went through the Beatitudes, the Commandments, the... Uh, sacraments, it went through all, it was supposedly Catholic wow. stuff, and it was all purposely done, and you know where I I heard that first time was here in Spartanburg, when a whole bunch of us uh, from this group I was in went to this Christian church, it wasn't Catholic, Christian church, and they took that and did all through the church, each row was a different day. And uh, we and, and just made it a whole a rhyming and, and rolling thing through the church after he had told us the story. But my daughter, you can go on the internet and look up the twelve days of Christmas and get the whole history and what each day meant. I was fascinated by what it truly meant. I knew it was about it, but I thought it was Christian. I didn't realize it was in a Catholic. Hmm. The Catholics were persecuted at that time. So it, it's a, history does this. Humpty Dumpty was another one. They're all figurative yeah. of what's going on at that time. Yeah. And people well, don't know. Well, look at the little kids' play rhyme. The, you know, um, uh, ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. 
And nobody thinks about what that means, where where that originated. It was what what was the disease at the time? Um, the plague. I don't know if it was uh, the plague, and mm-hmm. the people were getting the plague, and this little nursery rhyme was <laughs> was made up because people were falling down dead, and you had to burn mm-hmm. the bodies to get rid of the plague. And I'm going, and they turned that into a child's play rhyme. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, my gosh. And that was when I started then looking at these nursery rhymes, which I was, you know, reading to my kids. And yeah. look at, you know, Rockabye Baby, In oh, the yeah. Treetop. Uh, that was another one that was indicative of something. And the violence in them. Yeah. And for us yeah. to say they're children's rhymes, no, they were talking about the violence of that time. Well, I mean, to, to, to think about when we're telling the kids that when the wind blows, the, the bow will break and the baby falls. I mean, good yeah. <laughs> kind of violent. It's like, uh, it is it's violent. It is violent. You know, I, and I, I don't know if there's any significance, but, you know, uh, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack take over the candlestick. Why, you know, is his crotch getting burnt or what? I mean, what the hell? <laughs> no, he, he I, don't, I don't know what's going on. It's a about betrayal. I mean, look at that. He jumped over a candlestick. You're going to burn your ass if you do that. But that's <laughs> the point of what they had to say. Yeah. They were telling people you're going to get burned. If you keep doing this other thing, what's it control? Over, what, yeah, what? over the other side. Yeah. The grass, the grass is not always greener on the other side. We'll get Correct. Far. Yeah, there so, you, you know, so I, I started to quit reading. I was like, you know, to any child, you know, it's like, wow, there's there's a lot of, a lot of, lot of violence in these things, and it's, it's, because we don't even think of the words that that are there. You know, right, right out in plain sight. When the bow breaks, yep. the baby will fall. Yep. Oh my yep. gosh! So it comes crashing down to the ground, kills the poor thing. <laughs> God, what's he doing? What are we doing? We're we're blindly accepting this stuff that um, that is we just we just pass it on to our kids like it's a cute little thing. That's but right. there again, I think we can, you know, pick and choose what we do pass on there. And like I said, I choose not to tell my kids that, you know, Halloween is horrible because this is what it means. I, I you know, I, I love seeing the little kids in their costumes. I don't like the little scary ones. I think those are kind of bad. Why would a parent... Why would a parent want to dress their child up in, you know, these hacking murderers or whatever? You know, I don't, I don't understand that. You know, Jason and all them people that are, you know, killers. Why would they do that? But people do. But the little, you know, the little pumpkin and Superman and all that kind of stuff. You know, I don't mind. Um, I, in fact, I, I came to my grandkids' door dressed up and I said, "Trick or treat." But I'll give you the treat if you give me a trick. Yeah. So they start dancing. Oh. Yeah. There you go. As I come into their door, you know, um, you know, it's 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 how we choose. I think to pass on these traditions, 
we we don't yes we can you know let them know you know maybe this isn't you know there are some people that you know once they understand that there is no santa claus and there is no easter bunny and no tooth fairy um you know it's uh, I, well, I, I, guess, like, I, I like I like to get yeah. the child's imagination going, and so that they can do their own imaginary work. Um, so what if they think there's a bunny that's laying Easter eggs out in their yard for a few years? Who cares? You know, once they get old enough to understand it's mommy and daddy putting Easter eggs out there, then you know they're fine with it. You know, I, and and I think it's the dwelling on of the nasty part of it that's worse than doing the well, tradition. Uh, with you your, Go ahead. A, a question. With your mm-hmm. kids yesterday, with them passing out the presents, did people say Santa left them? Or did they just know they appeared? No, they no, they they knew it was coming from you know, 'cause this is this is from Aunt Kara, this is from Grandma Linda, mm-hmm. this from you know, but would you like to play Santa and take it over to whoever it belongs to? <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. I want to, you know, and th- and they knew they were getting stocking stuffers this morning because all the other gifts were done last night. They're getting stocking stuffers this morning, but my daughter-in-law, she's she's had a really bad sore throat, so she went and laid down. Saying wasn't asleep, but <laughs> you know. Now, who got up and, you know, and when, if she did get up to fill the stockings, I don't know. Does it really yeah. matter? The, the, my granddaughter carried the bag in and put it underneath the computer table and said, this is the stocking stuffers. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so so I don't even know if they're really being told, you know, Santa, you know, the whole believing in Santa thing. I don't know. They probably, they, they know of Santa Claus. Um but they've they're just now getting to the age of where um they could be, you know, told, Oh, Santa brings, you know, stuff. Um but they're not being told that, so I don't know exactly where my my son and daughter in law are going with that. Mm-hmm. They 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 know of Santa. Um they know he brings things but they've never oh, you gotta go to bed before you um you know before Santa, before yeah, yeah, really, that was the line that we had. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. to be tucked in your bed before Santa will come. Well, I and I did that to my kids. You know, it's like I, I did it too. Yeah, we, we we carry on these traditions. I would much rather yeah. carry on the tradition, knowing why I'm carrying on the tradition, rather than just carrying it out blindly. Which, well, like when I was yeah, doing it, it was blindly. I did not mm-hmm. you know, know any of this stuff was going on. Um, right. But now I can pick and choose how I want to present that. Now, if my kids are being bad, I'm going, you better be nice. Vance is writing a list and checking it twice. And I, yeah. I, I put I, I did. Uh, are you there? Did I lose you? Yeah, we're here. Yeah, I guess. Oh, Okay. Um, when I when my kids were little, my mother-in-law made the birthday cake, and we had a birthday party. And I did the same thing that you said, Orphra. I made the big thing about, you know, you got to go to bed before Santa will come. And then one of my oldest sons, I guess, he stayed down and found us all bringing in the presents. So he, that blew it for him. But And I didn't know that for many years later. 
but the, the thing that was interesting is that last night my son had us read the story of the birds before we opened presents. And I said, now that's the reason we're here. It isn't all the other stuff. It's hmm. this birth. It's not about presents. It's to us, it's presents to the baby, you know. So that's why it's gotten so warped and so commercialized and so bleh, all over the place. So, so it, it, it has good points, but now that we've learned so much more about religions and the pagan stuff that it's really on a pagan thing, that, okay, as you say, make it for yourself, not for what they want you to do. I guess I'm going to take a little break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Skype dropped me for some reason. Who knows? I can't. Oh, did you get dropped? I thought I got dropped. And uh, hi, Kaylee. Merry Christmas. She's on her leash and has no house and is out in the rain all the time and I'm pissed. <laughs> but it's not my dog. Oh, your dog. Yes. No, the neighbor's dog. <laughs> oh, the neighbor's dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. We've had rain for five days, and that dog has no dry place. Oh, man. No dry place. Well, I'll be turned in. What? I said the, the owners ought to be turned in. I'm sorry. I don't I we've already like done it. We've already done it, and they came <laughs> out and said that the house was fine. It's a slatted house insofar as the rain comes into the house. And she can sit in lots of water. But the little... Well, so who, who was it turned into? The ASPCA? To the animal control. And all the animal control says it has to have four walls. It had four walls. It doesn't say they have to be solid and dry. That's uh, wrong, wrong. Oh, absolutely. So, Pat, my buddy Pat has got someone that's uh, supposedly going to come over and uh, look at uh, uh, see if she can see really what's going on and then um, report it to the animal control whom she knows and have him really look at what this dog is getting. Can can any pictures be taken when it's pouring down rain and the dogs are sitting in this mud? There's no light in there. I have to I'd have to do it during the day. And I'm and the way I have to do it is sneaking around the the shed I have. Ah. Hmm. And it's very awkward. That dog had to sleep next to the pouring spout that fortunately I had a long enough spout that it went on the sidewalk so she had some place that was a little dry. Oh, don't get me started on it. I get really upset. <laughs> really upset. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hey, Lane. Hi, Merry Christmas to you, girl. No, this is Clintina. Oh, oh. Clintina! So wow, funny. you sounded just like Elaine. <laughs> yeah, you did. 
Wow. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Clintina. What yeah. is it? <laughs> um, I've been on since 9.15. I, I, I went back to sleep. I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Was this your sleep, girlfriend? <laughs> I, wore myself out. I wore myself out yesterday, and I woke up early this morning, uh, but I, I really needed to go back to sleep. It's still halfway normal. To get enough energy to even talk. You yep, know, I, I wonder, did, did, did anyone listen to Drake on Wednesday night? Uh, 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 what's his face? Colin and Patty did. I didn't. Uh, what happened? They couldn't remember anything. Oh, there was a judge on there. His name was oh, yeah. Judge, judge uh, uh, N-A-I-D-U, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes by a doctor. Uh, he goes by doctor. Another name as well. I missed those names. Yeah. It went over my head. However, he was talking about a program called the Tribunal Status Protection, and it's based on a case uh, in a groundbreaking case in 1959, Williams versus Lee, and that anyone in the Indian country. And the Indian country is defined as the whole continent of uh, North Amer- of America, North America and South America, that um, that um, you pay no taxes. Um, they cannot take you into their courts. They had this is a whole other jurisdiction. This was um, prior to the Constitution. You caught my attention just now. Can you repeat the last sentence? Um, I, I I lost track. I was actually focusing on something, and then you came on the call. But what was it? It was a gentleman talking about this, uh, Drake. Yes, the tribe. Uh, 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 no, oh. the judge was on Drake's show. Yeah. Okay, I uh, missed it. My okay. Uh, about everyone. Uh, he said this is the way we're actually going to take our country back. Uh, mm-hmm. by everyone. Um. Becoming part of the, uh, and putting ourselves under, because it's natural, the tribunal status of protection, Indian tribunal, tribe status. Um, that Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that, he said that um, it, it predates, again, free, simple in terms of mortgages. That this is a, a that you have Aboriginal title. Aboriginal title uh, is tattooed in the DNA of the rule of law and the rule of justice. Um, it it, it uh, precedes, um, preempts the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and fee simple in terms of our mortgages. Uh, and, and because you have an Aboriginal uh, tribunal um, title, um, he said you cannot lose uh, with those laws. They cannot give. They cannot. They cannot sue you. They cannot give you a parking ticket, a speeding ticket, or any of that. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Go ahead, Wonder. Well, it, uh, I'm doing that on the executrix, I, and we've gotten a lot more information for what you're saying. This is exactly the way we need to go. So um, 
can you, did you get an actual location where we can get more of this information? Uh, well, he has a program where people can uh, sign up. It's $65 a month. And he says it's sixty five dollars a month because they have to pay um they have to pay the the uh tribal uh marshals the tribal lawyers and the staff and they're trying to get twenty thousand to to two twenty million people to um to live in a, a a piece of land to live on a piece of land with no rules I don't know about that no. No, no. I, this, I don't know. If I, I, I don't know if he said no rules. Uh, there, there, there are tribal rules. He said there's books. There's a book right. on Indian on Indian regulations, Indian and tribal status. He said there are right. the, books. Um, Have you ever listened to Carl Lentz? Huh? No. Have you ever listened to Carl Lentz talk about his his uh, his Indian reservation story? He puts a negative twist on it by trying to – Carl Lentz, he's just another talk shoe guy, right? But uh, he's kind of got a, a niche, and his niche is common law, and his niche is that he wants a system of of rules and stop signs and stop lights, you know, and, you know, that way we have safer streets and stuff like that. But he was kind of like – I'm just cutting to the chase here, but he was basically ultimately saying that – Life on an Indian reservation is not all that is cracked up to be, you know, all that kind of freedom and not have to do, you know, of a social contract kind of situation. Uh, it, the way we have it now, you know, right, it doesn't apply on those reservations, you know, so it That's would be a huge true. change. But, I mean, I'm, I, I'm just generalizing, so I could, I could be wrong here on a couple of things. But, I mean, mm-hmm. they that they have their system of rules and laws, but they don't enforce necessarily the way that we do out here. Like you, if you run the top, the, the stop light, no, no one out on the reservation is going to stop you or ticket you. That's what, that's what Carl was saying. Cause well, see, that's from, where, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, after you love. No, 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 go ahead. That's from saying that Carl was basically referring to a story that he had, uh, or a person who he knows that lives on the reservation that was in, in touch with him, you know, and they were telling stories to him and stuff. So I'm just kind of relaying that to you. And is that the kind of, they're saying basically to like get a different, Drake was talking about possibly getting a different status going. You know what I mean? Is that, what? is that kind of, it wasn't uh, what Drake, it, was, it was judge. It was the judge. Yeah. yeah it's not Drake doing it. And part of okay. the thing that we're talking about, is a program where when they, they've been trying to get 20,000 people paying, and it wasn't $50, it's, as you said, $50 a month. And they are going to just keep taking your money and taking your money and taking your money and you get nothing done. Because mm-hmm. I've looked into that part and we are not getting results from them. And one of the judges that was supposedly helping them with it uh, backed out because he said these people aren't ready for it. They aren't ready for uh, for them to have freedom. And so go to your uh, your Indian things. The Indians within their own culture 
have a far tighter, more sincere leadership that they brought down through the millenniums than they ever did with our white man's crap that we talk double we talk four tongues as the point that so much of what is being done and what is being said out there is refuting so much of the other stuff that could help us. I'm doing this executrix or executor letter and it's doing everything that you were mentioning that you can do on your own. And it doesn't cost you $50 a month or whatever the fee is that they're attempting to collect. Because to me, they're all out to make money. Now, Judge Aiden is a different kind of a guy. um, We did lose um, Colin. But Judge Aiden's been on. Judge Aiden has been representing Hawaii and trying to get Hawaii back in out of the United States. They have their own constitution. They have their own leadership. They have their own thing. They were coerced and forced into being a state of the United States by the Masons. And this is what exactly what um, David Wynn Miller talks about, how they were tricked into it by the Masons, and when and how they were done and how they murdered the king. So uh, Judge Aiden is helping with them. I read, I went into that, Indian site, and I started reading it. And again, unlike you, um, uh, Donaldson, I could be totally wrong, totally wet on this thing. However, there's a lot of stuff we don't know, and we don't know who's doing it. So what I've done and, and had... Are you there? Uh-oh. Looks like we lost Wonder. We lost Wonder. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, you know, I just heard this information last night and then I just thought that maybe someone else had heard it too and that we could do what we're doing, discussing it, you know? Uh, um, mm-hmm. I still don't know what the main thing you're trying to, the main point is. What's is your main that, point? Uh... It's it's about Indians and non-Indian contracts. It's about becoming an Indian tribe member um, and putting yourself under the Indian, under the tribal laws. Like, for instance, there's a law that says that Indians are not taxable. Uh, Indians cannot be brought into the courts of um, uh, uh, either the land or sea courts. Makes makes sense. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and that's part on... of the rights they gave the Native Americans when they took everything away from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's why Native Americans can, you know, have feathers and stuff, of birds of prey and stuff like that. They they have rights that the rest of us don't, which is good. At least there's somebody that you know. Has some good stuff going on, but there's also stuff that puts them in positions to be very poor, 
um, become very, become very, you know, like there's a lot of alcoholism and drugs and uh, depression, right? Stuff. Yeah, I mean, they've they've got all this, you know, good stuff, but they're they're very suppressed and being able to get other stuff to help them come along and you know become more educated be you know so that they're not just kind of like wallowing in their own stuff you know they hi everybody hi you're back yeah so they drop periodically yeah go ahead yeah so they they can't um it's almost like they can't progress in life because they're being held down now because of you know they got they they got this but they don't have that. They have it's rights like, with borders. They have rights with borders and restrictions. Yeah. We have other restrictions. Yeah. Well, right. we're coming to a time where now we the people are hopefully be able to write our own way. Yeah. As a group that's true. As a group that's true, but not as individuals. And you know like um yeah, the the whole body politic part of the sovereignty resides in the people here in this country, which means that it's not one person that has the sovereignty, but the whole body politics. The whole group. Which right. is why when, when, you, when you make a lawsuit and you want to help someone, it's my understanding, and I'm new at this, maybe you can help me with this wonder, that you would have to come into the, into the court or, or make the claim using the, the name of the state of of whatever you're from, California, you know, uh, people of the state of California, something like that, or like uh, the the United States. Use the name United States. You come in the name of the United States, which that that phrase itself is ambiguous because what is the name of the United States? Is it the one that's been registered to the to that corporation, or is it the actual name United States? You know, versus yada yada. You know, but I think that if we wanted to, you know, accessing our our true uh, rights as people here uh, requires an, a knowledge of the whole thing. People trying to act from a place of 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 half wit are probably going to do okay. They might do not go all the way though, you know, to where where I, an ideal, preferable like living situation, being basically left alone. That's what we want. We all just want to be left alone to kind of do what we want to do, and, and you know, and as long as no one's getting, you know, interfered with. But um, being left alone—that's crucial. Like I'm being left alone, you know, sleeping under a bridge for five years. No one's bothered me. No one's come and asked me to move. You know, like, no, no, they don't. Come, you know, so that—that's really appreciative, and and I really like that. You know, that so there is a rule from the body politic that most likely prevents these police from even interfering with me sleeping under that bridge. They can't well, come and, and bother and, me. Yeah, and right now you're not a threat to anybody. So, and you know, I think... I, nothing. Yeah, and I think that's when we start getting bothered by others is because suddenly we become a threat to them. You know, we're taking mm-hmm. something away from them, mm-hmm. but now they can't have it. You know, but you see you the don't point know of, what it is yeah, you're taking yeah. away. You have no idea what you're taking away, 
at this point in time. And that's also part of the fallacy. What you said earlier, um, Donaldson, is a point that people have to start hearing. Is the issue that all of us are not the sovereign. We are right. a, ent- not even an entity. We are something in a group who is sovereign. And that's more of what's coming out mm-hmm. today is yeah. the difference between being the sovereign, which we are. That's why they ridicule us so badly with mm-hmm. the fact that we keep saying, I'm a sovereign citizen. And when I told them exactly what I thought of a sovereign citizen, they they shut their mouth off. The because they knew I, Yeah. <laughs> and, and the issue we've got to keep making is, who are we? Actually, we can I cut in here? know who we are. Yeah, go ahead. The sovereign citizen is not as much of an oxymoron as we think. Because we don't... Okay... Necessarily, as a citizen, you don't have duties, okay, unless you are a um, corporation citizen. You know, like they do differentiate between natural person citizenship and 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 corporate corporate citizenship. Even though we know that there's a finer line, even below that one, that where the real man lives at. You know, <laughs> so. Uh, but um, I really does that make sense? It's well, clear. What's yeah, the real I, man? Yeah. Well, just, I'm talking about, when I say real man, I just mean man, M-A-N, you know, together man, you know. Okay. M-A-N. You Do you like how I spelled that? If you look at the, you know, what the um, word, the definition of citizen and the definition of sovereign, that's where I was coming from that it's an oxymoron. But, yeah, if you get, you know, when you get down to the fine lines of going, you know, natural and, you know, the corporate, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I can understand what you're saying there. But, you know, you have your sovereign citizen, then you have your corporate citizen. And, well, again, and, and that's right. the public right. and the private side. Right. That's right. The public that's and the private. Right. But when, when, when we're talking citizen, right. usually it's on the corporate side. So, therefore, you can't have a sovereign and you can't have a citizen in the same sentence. Because, there you go. There you, you know, go. Thank you. It's, yeah. it's like Microsoft works, mm-hmm. you know. It does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. There you go. Well, yeah, yeah. Good I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I can I can see now what, where you're saying that it's not quite as much of an oxymoron as we think. But you have to get down to that fine line. And most people mm-hmm. don't know about that fine line. So <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Or they're just finding out about it. Because right. everyone's finding out about right. stuff together. It's a collective consciousness. Oh, there, we're, there's a lot of, I mean, yeah. we are finally becoming conscious, you know, um, and learning what is really, really going on. And more people and more people and more people are doing this. They're finding this out. And as that happens, we will reach the 100 monkey. And when that happens, this is what they're running scared from. And that's why I think they're putting the, you know, the screws to us more because they're, they know we're finding out. They know we're starting to, you know, catch on to their little tricks. And we're, 
that, who was it that was that, lean your head out the window and yell as loud as you can, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. If I people are doing this, then we're not, we're not going to do it anymore. Where we're seeing the Oz behind the curtain. And the better, yeah. you know, Wizard of Oz saying that, you know... And we're, and we're pointing out that it's really us, that we've actually, by, mm-hmm. by our lack of involvement and getting in, 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 you know, interested, uh, we're, we're the, we're the, we've been, the, you know, the Oz behind, or the man behind that curtain, and we haven't known it, mm-hmm. you know, um, or we knew it, and we just, it just wasn't explained to us as if it was important enough in our day and our time to, to actually use this information, you know. Um, yeah, and, and like there's a some, song. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'll have to. Oh, so, finish your sentence. It's okay. Um, there's a song. I can't. I can't remember <laughs> the name of the song, but in it says, "You know, we live our lives in chains, but never knowing that we have the key to unlock it." And you know, we do go through life thinking, oh, I'm so downtrodden, I'm in this mess. I'm... Take on responsibility for yourself, and you have that key to get out of whatever mess you're in. And <clears throat> most people just don't, well, besides the fact they don't want to accept that they put themselves there, but um, being able to get yourself out of the situation, if you don't like it, move. You know, right, you and know, that's very crucial. Changes, you know, mm-hmm. I think crucial because of the. But if it, except, well, this is another thing you said right there. It brings up something for me. People, we can't just change what we created that easily. You know, it's like just moving to another area because I created a mess. I need to clean up my mess, and then I can move. Right. You know, exactly. But like a lot of people want to just move. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that that's what we're seeing today with the expansion and the actually it's a devolution of the nationality of this people, and uh, and you can see it expanding, not collapsing, but expanding into a larger governance, right? Which is the world governance, which has basically mm-hmm. been part of the plan for America people from the beginning of this, yeah. which was, it's only been 200 years or more, a little more. And all of these people, you know, we thought we were this separate country with, 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 uh, with, with, with rights, you know, states' rights, definitely. But it got really confused. They stopped teaching us in government schools, really screwed everything up. But uh, because they didn't want us to find out, I believe, that this country was part of a bigger agenda, and if they, if like for like example, the perfect example would be what I led to last conversation we had. We talked about Malcolm X revealing the use of Islam in this country to you you know be a an influence politically. Okay, a political influence, Islam in the fifties. I mean, it wasn't even that big, but yet 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 someone knew. You know, and 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 Farrakhan and 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 Malcolm, they knew all those. They were all Muslim, you know, American Muslims. You know, and and bringing that to the surface 
you know, uh, to let I think everyone in the world know was what they what Malcolm was doing. He was trying to show how okay, yeah, I'm Muslim, yeah, but but we're gonna we're gonna get along. We're gonna do it. It was, you know, it's like we can't let that happen because we got plans. Forty years from now, we're supposed to actually use Muslims to be divisive. We can't have this right now happening, <laughs> you know. So yeah, right. you go. And, and there again, are a lot of Moroccan uh, Muslims that are around that have been living peaceful lives with us for years. This isn't just another one of their hurdles to make us. Go after another sect. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's all BS. And um, it, it's chronic. And guys, I'm, I keep dropping and my, my battery's dying. And this is such an important topic. Um, and it's already one, what is it, one, are we at two o'clock? I keep getting on here. One sixteen. And then I can even get back on is wonderful. <laughs> but um, I, what I can do for everyone that's now on this call, just in our group, I can send you the information I have for you to read some more of what can be done and not be paying out every month to something that you may not get a result. And I'm not bad-mouthing per se, but I want you to be aware that they've been attempting to get these two these twenty thousand people for years. Well, are you speaking of going into the probate court and uh, converting ourselves from uh, dead entities into living man and woman? Is that what you're you talking about? You will become about? the executor of the fiction. Right through through. Or are you talking about going through probate? To become a large man and woman? Okay. But I, I didn't go through probate, and I still got results from IRS. Okay. And it, that is part of it. So I and you know what? The reason why that's possible is, yes, please send that to me. Private. They're private. IRS is private, right? Correct. And so so they when you when you do an executor claim with them, because there's no prosecutor or executor coming up against you to say, no, I'm the executor, right? Then, it, it, then you're going to see more success with the IRS at first, most likely, until they have some sort of action against you, you know? Um, well, that's, but that, that's have, why I'm perfecting it more so. Right. You're absolutely okay. right. Oh, I am. Okay. I didn't know that, but thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, that's why this – what I did – Back in the spring. Did I lose you? No. Hello? No, I'm here. What yeah, I my, I'm here. I just got off. Spring, uh, was to do that, and it did stop it because the IRS, as you said, is a private entity, and it has no authority to go after anyone. Right. <laughs> right. Nobody. And the big thing that you, how you stop them is, show me the bill. Because there is no bill. Yeah. Well, I would and be there interested. there is no wonder. right for them to come after you because their corporation entity is non-existent. They are an election agency only, only yep. for the Federal Reserve. 
Mm-hmm. Not the United States Corporation. And they have done it all under fear tactics. Every bit of it under fear tactics. Well, I would be interested to wonder. What? I would be interested. um, Hey, very good point, Wonder. What would you think, just for a few of us here or whatever? um, I will send it to you, yeah. But I will say, these are the documents I spoke of. Okay. Okay? Because I'm trying to keep a low profile. I've got some of us in uh, South Carolina here doing it. I look to help some people stop their property taxes, stop their constant uh, harassment of their business by taking control of the fiction name. So let's leave it at that, and, and let's, uh, I'll get you all that stuff, and then let's talk on the phone if you need to have other further yeah. questions and just call me. Yeah. Okay. Right now, they're talking on Dr. Oz about the benefits of optimism. There you go. (laughs) We have optimistic hopes. We we do have that. All right. They're just now discovering that. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) No, I said they're just now figuring that out. Good for Phil. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, and I did send you that um, number. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's do Ho'opono so we can continue the energy strive that we've been setting up. And I I really feel this has made a big difference. I think this weather thing, all the rest of this stuff is is more loving than freezing cold. So, and it's replenishing our water supply. So, Let's look at it, as you say, the positive attitude. Yes, okay, because we are in the brink of great societal changes in the manner yep. in which we, uh, we live our lives. We are there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Very good. But, uh, Orpha, will you take us out with the Ho'opono so we, we get this done before? My phone completely dies. Okay. Yeah, yeah let's do the Ho'opono. But someone, can someone else have a call after this? Uh-huh. What? No, we Get someone else start a call. We are going to have New Year's Day, though. Okay. Yeah, because what is your New Year's, uh, if you believe in the New Year's resolution, how do you want your year to set up for you? Okay, go ahead, Arthur. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you. I love you. Please forgive me. Please Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. I love you. I love you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. 
And that is what we can spread around is love. There's Dr. Logic with Ho'opono, and we are spreading the love, the enthusiasm, the caring, the golden rule to all people. Whether you hear this program or not, you're getting that energy as the ripples in a pond. So keep on making it the change in your life, not what Obama wants, but what you want. You're the ruler. Let us put our hands together and give a hug to all the people around the world and wish them all a Merry Christmas with love and peace in our hearts. And One, each other. Two, three. And each other, yes. Very good. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to shut off the recording now so that we can yeah. have that. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.